Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. Live. Well, 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 here we are for another another edition of our podcast about the Sim League. Um, for those of you that don't know, the Sim League is a Sim Basketball League where we uh, bring back players from the past and uh, we redraft them, put them on teams, and, and uh, try to see who's the best GM. Um, tonight on the podcast, uh, I'm not doing this alone. Um, I got two gentlemen here from opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I have, returning from last week, I have Sugar Daddy Sean. Um, he's big Ohio State fan who got really kicked in the nuts over the weekend. Uh, Sean, Sugar Daddy, how are you? I am doing good. I have gotten over my depression from Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. I am uh, back up and going, so I'm doing well tonight. Sounds great, sounds great. Um, and then also on the call, I have the Hebrew extraordinaire, uh, the league's favorite communist, who is in charge of our new of our net. I have Hebes. Hebes on the phone. Hebes, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on SPL. I'm excited to talk about Sim League and some other some other shit. Like- yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got a nice little uh, nice little uh, rundown of, of kind of what we're going to cover. So. We're going to hit everything tonight, and, and for you people that don't want to talk about uh, college football, guess what, suck it, because we are going to talk a little bit about college football at some point during this sim. So, Eric, you, you can close your ears, maybe run some numbers, and, or do maybe like a rock back and forth like Rain Man, okay? Um, but why don't we get into uh, the sim league, uh, and let's start to uh, – Start with uh, some of the important stuff of what's going on right now. Obviously, we we'll, we'll touch up on the first sim, and and I'm going to get your um, reactions to what you kind of saw. But um, the, the big thing that happened was we, we had training camp that came through yesterday. Um, Sugar Daddy, um, what are your thoughts on uh, on what you saw from the from the training camp results? Who were the big winners and losers? Um, I mean, obviously, I think that the the thing that immediately jumps out is Kyrie Irving with his uh, dream team, uh, TC. Uh, I know that there was another, uh, uh, some other good ones that we saw as well. I was fairly, ha- I was pretty happy with the plus three rebounding for Tristan Thompson. Um, another that we saw that did have a uh, dream one uh, was for twenties and the Kings with Brandon Knight, that those were some that immediately jumped out for me as just huge upgrades that we saw. How about any big losers that you saw? Um, mainly the, the Jazz. I mean, we kind of suck, but that's uh, I, I, I think that uh, the, the no change at all for Derek Williams, uh, that's not what you're looking for out of the number two pick. Uh, and then – with uh, you having Clay Thompson there at number five, losing the A potential, dropping down to B potential, uh, that that's not what you, you know, that's obviously not what you're hoping for. And then uh, uh, Kawhi didn't really see much of a change as well. He did get the plus one potential, but uh, overall had a zero change. Yeah. Um, Heath, I'm going to throw this at you. Same, same question here. Training camp and preseason, 
Um, who do you think the big winners and losers were? You, did you have anything? I mean, uh, obviously Kyrie and Brandon Knight are the two biggest winners um, from training camp, both point guards, very important positions in sim league. Both had outstanding uh, training camps, both still teenagers. I think, you know, great, great, great players to have. Um, I'm going to disagree a little bit with, with Sugar Sean. Kawhi Leonard, obviously not an ideal training camp. You want to see, um, you know, a plus two or plus three or plus four, or, you know, keep going from your your draft picks. But at the same time, uh, I think RV did like a jump shot uh, skill camp and got that uh, outside up to C plus. So it's not, it's you know, it's sort of right there at C plus, C plus. The scoring grades will improve, and the B B plus defense, B minus rebounding from a small forward. I think his, you know, sort of uh, the the non growing stats are are strong there. So I kind of actually like what we saw from Kawhi Leonard long term. Obviously, you would have uh, preferred a a uh, big training camp out of him, but you know, not totally a bad thing. Um, other than that, you know, I think probably the 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 big winner were the Bucks. The Bucks had a lot of a lot of picks in this draft and a lot of picks that um, had a lot of gains in, in training camp. Okay, how about uh, who do you think were some of the big losers from uh, from uh, this uh, this draft? Ah, uh, I mean, looking through it, I didn't see a ton of of big losers. You know, some some teams. Um, didn't have players that, you know, improved as much as they wanted. I think Tanner Cusey was one player that I was pretty excited about. Um, I would have probably taken him about where he was taken, even though he was a software player. And the fact that, that he didn't really improve that much was a, a bummer. Um, but uh, maybe maybe uh, Nikola Miritich, is that how you pronounce that? You're a Bulls fan. How, how yeah, Miritich. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was not a not a good training camp. Yeah, uh, me and Sugar Brian. Daddy talked about that in our uh, in in the preseason pod, and and because um, we were talking about the draft, and he was on a player, he was on my list of players to stay the fuck away from. I, I wanted no part of Meritich. I, I he had busted to me written all over him. Um, so I was trying to play the Bulls fan and and try to give the illusion. Yeah, yeah, I would like this guy, but. I had absolutely zero interest in going after him. I'm sorry, I stepped on your toes. Go right ahead. Heath. No, no, the, the, that was that was about it. I mean, uh, long story short, I, I didn't think anyone had like a terrible training camp. Maybe some second rounders that are inconsequential, but uh, for the most part, you know, everybody we either had a great training camp or just an okay training camp. Um, so overall, this class I think turned out a lot better than last year's class. Um, and, you know, GM should be happy with, with what they drafted. And I think Hello, we have Magic now on the phone. Magic, is that you in Ohio? Yes, that is me. Well, guys, this this podcast is now officially going to go to hell. On this podcast, <laughs> we have two Notre Dame fans, two Ohio State fans. I say let's get the foil on. Let's go at it. I mean, let's brawl. Let's go. Um, but, uh, but, uh, given our, hey, given our lack of effort this weekend, you probably won. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, you obviously didn't see our performance against Boston College, where we now we drop in the ranking after a win. Uh, oh, yeah, but, I got no, the, the juice text. 
I, I think I just I think I just heard Eric to slam his head into a wall. So let's get off of that talk. Um, or maybe we should because we we wouldn't mind stuff like that. I, I don't know. Half a dozen one way, half a dozen the other. But um, just to get you up to speed, the magic. What we have been doing is uh, we were we, we just got into the conversation um, and started the podcast, and we started the conversation about. Uh, about training camp results and, and the preseason. Um, and we're talking about who we think are some of the winners and losers. Do you, do you have any opinions to share on that? Uh, not not too much. I don't really, to be honest, I didn't follow the, the rookies in training camp too much just because I didn't I didn't have any drafts this year or any picks this year. I guess I had one guy, so I'm more. Yeah, I guess your picks. Yes, yes. So I've been more in tune to some of the free agent signings and then some of who and, and what was brought back and key key losses, key additions, things like that is what I would probably have more knowledge about and is what I've been looking at personally. So, Okay. Um, now, I, we're going to get into another quick topic here uh, about the draft, training camp results in the preseason, and, um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about Irving. Irving, after spring training, just looked like an absolute monster. Um, do you, is this a freak occurrence? Is this the problem with Eric with the draft, or 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 or, or what are your thoughts on that? I, I'm going to throw this at Heaps first. Heaps, what do you think? I mean, it's it's not a problem. We have uh, not seen any um, you know dominant point guards. I think since Aaron Harrison. So basically, Soup hasn't created yet a dominant point guard um, in the Aaron Harrison mold. So, you know, if that's what Kyrie is, I don't see it as a big problem to have one or two dominant players in the league at a time. Um, but it it could also be sort of a flash in the pan. We saw Sim 1 came out, games 1 through 10, and uh, Kyrie still looks great. I mean, he still looks very, very good, but didn't look like a, a potential MVP in his rookie year the way he did in, in training camp. So, um, you know, maybe... If he's great, that's awesome. Good for KN. I don't see there's a big problem once in a while to have a superstar like that. Um, but you know, possibly not not as good as everyone hyped him up to be after training camp. Sugar Danny, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of agree with what he was saying. I, I obviously have uh, much more limited experience here so far as far as um, with soup making players. I've not really been around for anybody else making players except for soup and then now Eric. So I uh, don't really have too much opinion on that as far as the point guards and, and how they're being made just because it's something I, a little newer to me. Uh, but yeah, definitely was uh, a little surprised to see Kyrie come down to earth so much after what we had seen in the uh, preseason uh, that that was definitely, uh, I was expecting a little more from him in the first sim. No, no, Question that I have about Kyrie is is, is um, the, the in the preseason um, the the computer ended up playing him at shooting guard I believe in, in small forward. Um, do you think that's a good idea? Something to do with somebody like Kyrie? I'm gonna throw this over to I'm gonna throw this one over to Magic. Magic, what do you think? That's interesting. I I hadn't noticed that. Um, I, I mean, I run. I know myself. I have I have Savage. He's listed, I think, as a power forward, and I run him as a shooting guard. And that's I mean, he puts up last year. I think last two years is what the league. So uh, I think there's more scoring. I guess he's probably being played as point guard right now. I would assume. So mm-hmm. it's 
It's interesting. I think, I mean, overall, to the to the previous question, I think it's good to get a couple more guys in the league. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk and, and thought that Steph Curry would step up and, and be a big guy like that. He's, to some people, regressed a bit. So uh, it's good. I think it's exciting to have some of these guys maybe who haven't really had much for the last couple of years to start getting some guys in the league. But um, I think you got to let your kids, you got to let them score, you know, put them in the best position to, to make the most and, you know, I think that's especially the first couple uh, sims. I think that'll be important is to figure out. And I and I love that's what I did. You know, last couple of years I've moved guys around. So you know, for a sim or two, it couldn't hurt to move Kyrie over to maybe to to shooting guard or at least power forward. See how he does. You know, you never know what what's going to fit that team best for him. And, and at the end of the day, you're going to hope to build around him. So it's better to know yeah. sooner rather than later what what he's going to be best at. So then you can start you know building guys around him. So. Heaves uh, and uh, Sugar Daddy, any more thoughts on that? Yeah, what, what what's interesting about Kyrie, I think, um, there's two things that are interesting. One, his turnovers are unbelievably high from this first sim. So I don't know how much of, um, you know, the, 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 the Bullets just troubles as a team and Kyrie's issues as a player come from those high, high turnovers. Uh, the other issue is that for tanking teams, and I think KN is trying to be one of those this year, there is a depth start prohibition against not starting your best player at a given position. And I wonder, I, I wonder where, where, where people would come out now after seeing the first 10 games of this sim versus the uh, training camp that we all were marveling at whether or not Kyrie could be started at shooting guard and have one of these you know, lesser point guards start at pointing guard. Point guard, given that we now know uh, that Kyrie is just incredibly good starting from the shooting guard spot. So it could actually be a net positive uh, for Kane, at least in the interim, to be able to play Kyrie at shooting guard, um, given how much better he performs there. What do you think, Heaps? Did we lose Heaps? Oh, no, that no, was Heaps. Oh, that was Heaps. Okay, I'm sorry. You sound so much like Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts there? No, I, I think that uh, Hebs makes a very interesting point about that. Um, I think that that would be something that if uh, Zeke Sincola had not been moved, that that would be something that would be much more likely to be uh, on the table as an option. But uh, with him having moved him in the trade with, uh, to, I think it was with the Bulls to get Tristan Benjamin and not having a point guard that would be looked at as kind of a solid uh, backup point guard, you know, maybe he could, put Eric Murdoch in. I don't know. Uh, I think the other guys playing right now is Pearl Washington. Uh, but with Zeke Sincola moved, uh, I don't know that that's something that I would see Soup even making as a uh, option for him. Yeah, that 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 totally makes sense. The, the other point that I, I wanted to make and I'll make now because I have an opportunity is that, um, you know, the, one of the things that Eric sort of proved out with his testing is that usage rates for point guards in general are much, much higher. So um, now that we see Kyrie starting as a point guard, and maybe he's even in an outside offense, I don't know, that would exacerbate the problem. Kyrie's getting a lot more touches than he got at shooting guard. So he's going to have more shots, more opportunities to turn over the ball. And so, you know, again, that goes to the point that maybe him as at a shooting guard limiting his touches, getting him to, you know, put up the ball more and shot opportunities could uh, be where, where he excels. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely great points. I mean, I'm, I was just looking at that, and to me that would make most sense. I mean, um, 
to at least give that a look and give that a shot. But we'll see what uh, what happens in Washington with all of that. Um, now, another thing we, that we were going to discuss here is um, as a redraft. Um, obviously, um, you guys have voiced um, your opinion that uh, number one, no-brainer, Kyrie Irving, number one. Um, and we'll go through the draft of maybe redrafting the, the top five. We're not going to obviously do the whole first round. Um, but I think we all can agree that if if we knew then what we knew now, I, I think we all agree that Derek Williams wouldn't go number two. Um, Heaps, who if you had that number two pick, who would you take in, in a redraft? Um, who would I take for my team right now? It'd probably be Brandon Knight. I I need a point guard. I think he's he's the next best point guard on on the in the draft. Um, I th- I think the next best player might be Tristan Thompson. Obviously, uh, honestly, I really like his high blocks. I think he, as a teenager, has a lot of potential. So I think best player available maybe Trent, Tristan Thompson at, at number two. Okay. Um. I'm really kicking myself for now not making that trade with uh, Sugar Daddy because he wanted to move up to five, and and I really wanted Clay, but I also like Tristan. I mean, and I thought about it for a second, but I said, no, I'm going to stay with Clay. Um, so now I'm kicking myself. Um, yeah, if I, if I had to redraft at two, um, I would probably have to go with Tristan Thompson, in all honesty. I mean, I, I, and I for the reason he said um, – I mean, just to me, it looks like a lot of great upside potential there um, uh, with with really good defense, good rebounding. Um, he's going to be he's going to be a good player. Um, Sugar Daddy, uh, who, who would you redraft it to? If I was staying there at two, I, I would I would go with Tristan, um, just based on the fact that I've got that I made the trade for Stoudemire. Um, if I was drafting for the Magic, who were there? Um, I mean, there's a lot of options, uh, you know, as far as holes to fill, and I would probably go with uh, Knight for him just to get a good, young, solid point teen point guard on that team. You know, just knowing what we know after the TC, uh, that's probably who I would pick for his roster. Okay. Um, Magic, you got anything, Dad? Because I know that you didn't prepare too much for the draft, so I don't want to uh, – I want to try to move this along as quick as possible so we can get into stuff that you're more familiar with. Uh, any opinions on that? Uh, I mean, without a doubt, me personally, I would have loved to have gotten Tristan. Uh, I lost, which I'm sure we'll, we're going to talk about, but lost Chad Gallagher near and dear to my heart to uh, to Orlando this past offseason, who was great shot blocking, rebounding, getting the ball back out. So would have been nice to to pick up a, a nice young guy like Tristan to, to fill that role back up. So I, I don't, for me, that would have been no doubt he would have been the guy I would have taken. So Okay. Um, three with the Nuggets. Um, we... Obviously, Jimmy Butler went. Um, with his training camp, I, I, I really think that's probably where I would probably leave him. I, I think that's a real good spot for him. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what do you think? Do you think that's a good spot for Jimmy at number three? Yeah, I think that that's a, a good spot for him. I mean, I, I don't think that it wouldn't really matter too much what the TC looked like, that that's uh, – I don't think Banks would regret it too much uh, to get Jimmy on his team. But, uh, yeah, with the way it came out, I definitely think that that's who would be the best fit for him still. Eves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, great rebounding, shooting guard, 
I uh, can't go wrong with that. I think, you know, uh, Banks knows how to earn some dump bucks and put some upgrades into his players, and he'll be smart about how to do that. And I think Jimmy Butler is going to be an outstanding shooting guard for the next uh, 12 to 14 sim seasons. Um, how about uh, anything to add on to that magic? No, that's pretty much uh, that's about what I got. So Okay, so we got uh, Kawhi Leonard going forward to the Hornets. Um, in a redraft here. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would go with go with Kawhi Leonard here um, in, a, in a redraft. Um, I mean, I would probably, and this might be a little bit self-serving, but I would probably go with Jonas uh, here to, uh, to uh, the Hornets, uh, where I got him at number eight. I'd probably go with Jonas here at number four. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Hebes. Hebes, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I've already said my piece about Kawhi. I kind of think that, that his training camp was a little bit underrated. Obviously not ideal, but not as bad as people made it out to be. But definitely not number four in, in a redraft. I, I, I think, you know, my my pick would be between probably Tobias Harris and Nikola Vucevic. Um, I kind of like Vucevic's uh, B inside versus who would you pick? These European names are killing me. Jonas's B minus yeah. inside. Um, I just like that a little bit better. I think those those defense and rebounding grades are going to grow faster than the inside. So um, that's my preference as far as big men. And then I really like Tobias Harris. I think um, great scoring shooting guard or sm- sm- small forward wing player, good rebounder. I think he could be a great player in the league. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy now. Sugar Daddy, what do you think? Who, who would have been a good fit at four? Uh, I was also thinking of Vucevic, that I thought he would be a good uh, fit there. And w- when we had had our uh, last podcast, you and I had talked about him a little bit, that he was somebody that we both liked. And uh, I think pairing him up with Arvidas Sabonis, w- I think that would have been an ideal situation, uh, knowing what we know now for uh, the Hornets. Okay. Uh, Magic, anything you have to input on that? Not, not really. No. <laughs> we don't call you the best color man for nothing. There you um, go. And uh, so we'll, we'll close this out at number five. Well, actually, we'll go to six because we got five and six here on the call. Uh, five are the Jazz, and they went with Clay Thompson, who really just kicked me in the nuts. Fuck you, Clay, but at least you're performing pretty well at the start of the first 10 games uh, for me with outstanding shooting. So there is some potential there. Um, redraft, um, I mean, with what we've taken off the board already, um, I mean, obviously Kawhi Leonard would still be there. Um, I mean, I would probably go with, uh, Vucevic, um, here for myself, um, that ended up going to the Nuggets at 12, um, is who I would probably take in that spot in place. Um, but I think you guys already placed other people in front of them. Um, Hebes, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit difficult here because I've named a lot of players that I like already. So I'm not sure if I should just rename those same players since I didn't <laughs> select them in those spots. Um, I, mean, I think last time I, I said probably I'd take Tobias Harris. So I think here I, I'd agree with you that Vucevic would be who I would take um, at that number five spot. Okay. Um, how about uh, you, Sugar Daddy? What do you think? Um. I think I believe I I had said that I would have had 
at this point that I would have gone Kyrie, uh, Knight, Butler, and uh, Vucevic. Uh, so, I mean, at this point, then, looking at five for you, um, but I'm trying to take a look and see who I would still have on the board for you there. Uh, just because, you know, Kawhi might, Kawhi's not really the best fit for you with already having Ackles, uh, but I think that that would definitely be probably the best, well, yeah. actually not with not with Tobias there. So, I mean, I think that Tobias might be better value for you there, uh, but I'd probably go with uh, Jonas uh, uh just and you took him at, uh, at eight, but I'd probably give him to you there at five uh, just yeah. because of the fit with Ackles there. Okay. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, because I, I was really staying away from small forwards in this draft. I I, I really didn't want to uh, to do much with that. Do you want to cut? Are you good with uh, us not going to six and just going to other stuff so we can get uh, Magic involved? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. One thing I one thing I did okay. want to say uh, is I think you got one guy that I had looked at in the draft is I didn't think he was going to be there, but Trey Tompkins. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a sleeper pick in my mind that uh, I think he could break out in the league just based on what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. I, I, and, and uh, I, when he when I saw his grades, I, I was pretty impressed. And I saw his, his uh, preseason numbers, and it impressed me. And um, so far, um, he's not doing too bad. I mean, um, him him and Jawad Johnson. Uh, J- Johnson for me is averaging three blocks a game so far earlier in the se- early in the season. Jonas is averaging three blocks a game for me. So um, Trey Tompkins in about 20 minutes is 1.8 blocks a game. So um, yeah, so far the bigs that I got in this draft not performing too bi- too bad. You mean um, all putting up good rebounding numbers too. Um, 8.2 for Johnson, 8.8 for Jonas, 6.4 for uh, Trey Tompkins. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty happy with uh, with those. I mean, obviously I'm going to have to add more depth to my bigs um, in future drafts, but uh, it's a good start. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the no kind problem. words. <laughs> you just the guy that I was hoping would fall to me, but if I was able to make my pick, but I, I don't know what it was. I saw a couple things on the, the Nike Summit that I liked of him, and didn't think his, his uh, as you had mentioned, his grades were too bad. And yeah, and I mean, just, yeah, and the, in the, the summit, yeah, he caught my eye too because he put, he put up good rebounds, had a few blocks. Um, I mean, I thought he could be a good defensive big. Is, is mm-hmm. how I kind of looked at him. Um, but why don't we why don't we get into uh, some of the trade talk? Um, really, haven't been much in all honesty. Um, two of the trades involving the Bobcats. Um, um, where the Bobcats get nappy. Um, Bobcats get uh, Wes Matthews and Caffey for Glenn Rice, and uh, he had to give up two second-round picks and two gays up bucks. Um, what do you think about these moves um, for our former great commissioner, Odin? Uh, I'm going to throw this over at uh, Magic. Magic, what are your thoughts on these? I think they're going to work for him. Uh, you know, I think it's, it doesn't seem that he gave up too, too much um, to get them. But beyond that, I think it's going to be interesting to see, make sure he gets them uh, gets them the time they need and hopefully find the right mix with the other guys that he has. Okay. Uh, Heath, um I think you were a little bit critical in your off-season um, thing where, uh, of that. Um, what what do you think of uh, these moves here, uh, Heath? 
Yeah, I mean, one, let's not pierce the corporate veil. The the Cuban report and he are two completely different entities. Uh, we don't determine what the Cuban report writes in, in these articles. So I just don't want to confuse that. So uh, I, I, I don't want attributed those mean, nasty words to Odin. Um, I actually, I, I, I like the, the, the nappy acquisition. I think that was a good upgrade for him. Um, I think, you know, trading Glenn Rice, for a couple of contracts, one of which in Wesley Matthews, I think is a huge step back from Glenn Rice, and to be able then to to uh, for Nappy, I thought was just a pretty good piece of GMing um, from Odin, and I think it made his team uh, a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I, I was on the other end of that trade, and uh, for um, where he got rid of Glenn Rice, I mean, for me, it was just expiring contract to Glenn Rice. I wanted to have a nice expiring contract down the season um, just to get rid of as much stuff as I can. Um, but um, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what do you think of some of these moves that Odin made? made? Uh, I like seeing what he did. I mean, you know, I know that uh, uh, he had been put out there by Trophy that uh, McCarthy was available to be had. Uh, you know, he's somebody I think that can be a nice uh, piece. Uh, and Nappy was somebody that a couple years ago when he was on the free agent market, I had been a fan of him at the time when Dump signed him. Uh, so Dump uh, gave him less minutes, I think, last year. But uh, with him being able to get back to regular minutes, I think he'll be able to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think that in the first sim here, he's already averaging over uh, 10 assists a game, almost 11, 10.9 there, uh, with 22 points as well on decent uh, percentages there. So uh, I definitely like that move for him. And I think that uh, adding McCarthy is going to be pretty nice too, as well as getting rid of that Glenn Rice deal. Yeah. I mean, well, the Glenn Rice is an expiring deal. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That was just the last year. Yeah. So it's the last year of the Glenn Rice thing. So, I mean, I figured take it on, take on a contract for one season, play him on my, uh, play him on my injured reserve get two second round picks, two K dump bucks. Why not? I mean, um, so really I didn't lose anything, but I gained a little bit in the process. Um, yeah, now, go ahead. now the, the, I was going to say that the big, we had the big deal, um, that had happened, uh, last night. So since there were a couple other deals that had happened in, since the last, uh, podcast that we did that I know that, uh, the Lakers, I'm, and the Cavs, we had the deal where Stoudemire and Odin left. And so the last two MVPs have actually both been dealt in the meantime also uh, with, with uh, Stoudemire and, and then Aaron Harrison going to the Bulls. So uh, just, uh, you know, I won't really discuss too much of my deal. I'll kind of let you guys give your opinion on it, but uh, the Cavs, we sent uh, a, the 16th overall pick uh, in the most recent draft, uh, which was used on Kenneth Fareed, uh, and then the Cavs 26th through 29th first-rounders uh, to the Lakers for Greg Oden and Damon Stoudemire. So uh, I'll go ahead and let you guys give your thoughts on that one at all, if you want, before we go, jump into the uh, Thunder Bulls trade, which has caused a uh, lot of talk uh, in the league. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I did see that trade um that at, at the draft, and I, and I should have put that on the, the podcast list of stuff to talk about. Um, do you know what? I thought that for for you, Sean, I, I, I thought it was a pretty good deal. Um, Mighty Mouse is, is a very, very good player, um, and, um, and 
you're giving away picks on your future as well as the heat um, in this past draft. But, I mean, if it's going to make you a better team, you mean, those are all going to be late, you mean, first-round picks. So, you mean, it, 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 you're really going to have to be deep digging into uh, what you have as well, where you've pretty much built up a pretty good core to add Odin and uh, Stoudemire to. Um, and, uh, and, and you're going to be able to uh, just try to pick up a couple pieces in free agency here and there, I think. Um, with uh, with the, the the mid-level exception and the lower-level exception, um, he's. He, what do you think of that trade that uh, that trigger Daddy got? Yeah, I I really liked it quite a bit. I had been uh, talking to Buster about acqu- acquiring Damon Stoudemire, uh, all, most of last year. It was always involving Toby for Stoudemire, but just couldn't find the right. Um, companion deal to make that make sense for my team and that never pulled the trigger. Um, so I, I love Damon as, as a player. I think that was a great acquisition for you. Uh, obviously Buster was banking on you not being able to build a team around Damon and making some of those later picks maybe a little bit more valuable. Um, but I think you did a good job. Uh, obviously you had Benji in place and then Thompson turned out to be a great pick. Bedford also great pick or great player to have on the team. And I think you, you have the potential of, um, you know, maybe not winning a championship the next couple of years as your players continue to progress, but being very competitive and winning a lot of games. So yeah, I, it, I, it, great. Also, he just said Tabo to his team as well, which is another, I think, a pretty good addition. Yeah, I, 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 I like Tabo a lot. Um, He's, he's definitely a, a great player. He's sort of that tweener player between being a um, a defensive stopper, but also he has the B plus outside scoring. So he's a, a, also going to be you know a little bit of a scorer. So I'm not really sure whether he fits into an outside or inside offense. Maybe a balanced offense. Not sure. Yeah, um, Magic. What, what do you think of that trade? I, I like it. I mean, I know I think Sean has talked that he's been in more of a rebuild mode over the last couple of years, so he's, or the last couple of sims, I should say, and I, I don't think there's ever a bad time to go for it and get the players you did. I think the, to uh, the huge point, I think the, the core nucleus that he has, I really like that. I think there's a lot of young talent to build around. You know, I think it could take maybe a, a couple of sims to get that built up, but I really like it. I mean, going for it, you know, if, if his plans do, if everything works out, you know, and he – you know, those, those picks are going to be late, late round picks, late first round picks anyways, you know, so it, it can sometimes from what I've seen or from what I hear, you know, you can have a top five pick and that person can go into training camp and, and fall out. So, you know, yeah. you go out, you, you get a couple of guys that you know can play, can put you in a good position. You, you develop some of those guys, you know, with Tristan and, uh, you know, he's got a couple other guys there that are pretty young and, and you develop those and, and bring them up, you know, and, and invest your time and, uh, and some of your your resources that that's that's really there. What uh, what builds good teams? You need, I mean, from what I've seen, you need two, three, sometimes even four top top end players to win it. You know, if it, if it takes you know giving up some resources, some draft picks, things like that to go out and get it. You know, I'm all for it, especially if you've been kind of planning and and, and building for it over the last couple of sims. So I, I really like it. I especially too. I think the East is a little bit more wide open than the West. Um, I think obviously with with guys like Sean, you know, making moves like this, I think it's going to become a lot more competitive. So he's going to put himself right in the mix there. 
Yeah, you I mean it's when I see stuff like this, it's great because I mean you got you got teams that you mean go to the draft, give their couple players, and say, hey, you know what, I want to win, and 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 making the move. So kudos to Sean uh, for doing that. Um, uh, I think everyone in the podcast kind of agrees. Sean, tip of the hat, great job. Uh, but obviously, um, on the on, on the the sheets. Uh, I, I kind of missed this, and I didn't put this in there, but there's already four pages of conversations over the Thunders-Bulls trade. Um, so why don't we get some uh, talking about this. Um, Thunder send Aaron Harrison. Um, Bulls send Nikola Miritich, which we've all kind of poo-pooed um, him as a player. Uh, Kenyon Martin, uh, Zeke Sinokola. Uh, uh, Devin Downey, the Bulls 26th, 27th, 28th, and 30th uh, first-round draft pick um, are what went in the trade. Um, what, Heebs, what do you think of this deal? Um, uh, you know, Soup would tell me that my my biggest flaw as a GM is not trading for or acquiring an elite point guard. And so uh, having said that, I think it was a great deal for GBG. I didn't think uh, Aaron Harrison was still an elite point guard. I wouldn't have traded for him. I wouldn't have given nearly the value that GBG got uh, for him. I realize other people, uh, other GMs were offering better deals, but you know, I'm just not a GM who's going to mortgage my future. Um, it's more important for me to have a chance year in and year out than to have the best chance in one year because I think the sim playoffs are too much of a crapshoot. So would have never offered nearly what he got uh, for Aaron Harrison, especially given that we saw sort of his decline as a player the last two years or so. Um, so great deal for GBG. Uh, hopefully it works out for Bruns. I think uh, Miritich obviously didn't have a great uh, preseason, had an even worse uh, first 10 sim games. But, you know, you look at a player like Kevin Garnett and you realize that, you know, what players do on their rookie contract doesn't necessarily always add up to what they're capable of doing over, you know, the course of a career. Okay. Um, Sugar Daddy, what do you think on that? Um, I agree. I was one of the. I, I, there was a lot of criticism uh, of the Thunder for this deal. It, I was one of the people that was actually thinking that I thought he got pretty good value for it. Uh, I know a lot of people seem to like the Clippers offer that he got more and thought that that was a better offer. Um, I I thought that this was a fine offer, and uh, especially when, once they swapped out that pick, I know that some people uh, thought that that Knicks pick might be uh, be pretty good. But getting that Bulls thirty with it being so far out, I mean, at this point, Aaron Harrison is already thirty two, uh, and you're you're looking at how far out that Bulls pick is. That could be a pretty valuable pick, uh, depending on what Bruns does with the rest of his team going forward. Uh, but I mean. Uh, this is not something I, you know, I would have thought that maybe the the offer that he would have got may have been a little bit less coming off of the minus three TC. Uh, so I mean, it's something that uh, Bruns may be looking at sending him to Germany if you know within the next couple years if he doesn't see, you know, if he continues to see TCs that are dropping like that. Yeah, um, Magic. What are your thoughts on that deal? That uh, that is brought uh, in the talk of the league so, thus far. Uh, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot going on in the trade, a lot a lot exchanging hands. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, I've known that from what I've been told, uh, based on the, the oral history of things, 
Uh, Aaron Harrison was a big reason why the the, the OKC Thunder um, made their run for so many years there. So that's that's interesting. I mean, this this has a feel to me of almost like the the, the real life James Harden trade. You know, breaking up the band when there's maybe potentially a good couple years left. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, he said it. I think or it's either Sean or he's the age. I mean, 32. You know, you got to figure. You know, you've got maybe one, two, three years left. I mean, you know, before that starts falling off. So, kind of mortgaging the mortgaging the future of of draft picks and you know, giving up four guys for one. So I think it's, it's an interesting tactic. There's no doubt. I think I think it either has the as any trade, I guess, has the ability to, to blow up or work well for for both parties. But I, I wonder if I wonder if GB if he uh, pulled the trigger on this maybe. Uh, a year or two too soon, but you know, I could have kept the title run going, but it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun so, to watch from, from not, afar. Something from my perspective when I looked at this, and I, I really didn't comment in the thread. I mean, I'm not, I'm more, I'm more of the voyeur type that kind of watches and reads things and thinks to myself, and, and I really don't type things in too much because I don't like to argue with people over the internet. Um, but my thought is that OKC, I mean, yeah, I mean, Harrison did decline over the last couple of years, but also the staff, I, I felt, I mean, especially last year uh, with OKC, had a lot of injuries and had a lot of um, missing parts around them. So, I mean, if you don't have the pieces in play around you as a player, I mean, you're not, you might not put up those stats. So far, first five games for Aaron Harrison in his Bulls tenure, 40 minutes a game, 33.8 points, six rebounds, 12 assists, two steals on 560 shooting, 481 from three. Pretty good start. (laughs) Pretty, pretty pretty good start. Uh, So could it be that maybe OKC was missing some of the pieces, some of the other pieces around him were complimenting him well, and now – He's, he's playing across from Blake Griffin and LeBron for Smith and, and Larry Nance and some other good pieces that uh, that uh, the that that uh, the Bulls have put together. Could it be that maybe we'll see a, another superstar season from Aaron Harrison? Um, only time will tell, I guess. The heck of a start, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, another trade that uh, came about. Uh, I got everyone's intake on that, right? Did I miss anybody? Nope, I think you got everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, another trade that I want to talk about um, was uh, the Clippers getting Yardley uh, for Brockman and two first-round draft picks. Um, I'm going to throw this one over to my man Magic, uh, the Magic fan. Um what what do you think of that deal going on? Two first round draft picks, pretty, pretty much for Yardley. I don't know too much about Yardley, so that's going to be that's a little hard for me to answer. So, okay, uh, Heath, I'm going to throw it your way. What, what what do you think, sir? And I think Heebs might have just passed out on us. So I'm going to throw it over to Sugar Daddy now. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, this is one thing I uh, about that trade is that, that I did want to bring up that uh, 
that Dirt had actually mentioned in the thread, um, as well as he had started his own thread as well, trying to dump some guys that Brockman was somebody he was actually trying to dump. Uh, he was over the hard cap, so he was already working with other teams, just trying to work something out where he was going to have to send uh, Brockman oh. and a first-round pick just to get rid of Brockman. Uh, oh. So with that, so really uh, that was something he was already going to have to send that uh, one pick and Brockman off. So it was really just basically like sending one pick for Yardley. So uh, I think it look, it actually is a much better deal than it looks on paper uh, just because the fact that he was, no, no matter what he did, he was going to have to send off Brockman and one pick. So sending the one pick for, for Yardley looks a lot better than sending uh, a player and two picks for him. So uh, I actually don't mind that move for him. And I think that it could work out for him. Uh, which, let me see here. He, I'm trying, just trying to pull up here. This off season. Because I believe he, did he use him in another deal after that? I believe yeah, he that he did then send him. Yeah, he sent him with the Sixers 20, uh, 2000 or I'm sorry 3028 pick and Tech Silverman to the Pacers uh for Ed O'Bannon and Rolando Blackman. So he actually t- turned around and immediately then flipped him with somebody else. So um he's got a lot of stuff going on there. He was really in a tough cap situation so he was uh I think a, a million or two over the cap and he got himself down about 3 million under. Uh so he made a lot of moves and really freed up some cap space for himself. Um came out of it, uh, you know, having lost uh, Tex and Brockman and coming away then uh, with O'Bannon and Blackman. Uh, Blackman is somebody that we know can score a lot. Um, He was one of the top scorers in the league last year, I believe. But uh, so I think that that's something that could be a big piece for him, getting a a shooting guard who's going to be able to go in and score and allow him to play uh, the hound at small forward. So I actually like, I, I like the moves that he made there. Okay. Um, that was, uh, that was Sugar Daddy, right? Yep. Well, Heebs, what do you think about all of this, uh, the moving parts around Cleveland right now? I mean, the moving parts around the Clippers right now. Yeah, I, 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 I think both of those first round picks are, are pretty good. So, I mean, I, I get Sugar Sean, his point and sort of what Dirt had said, I think in that thread that he was going to pay a first to buy out Rock anyway. So really just one pick for Yardley. Uh, both those picks are, are are pretty decent picks. Um, Clippers picks are never, you know, he'll win a championship once in a while, but generally they're always going to be you know, a five, six seed, something like that. Um, and the Hawks pick also pretty decent. Um, so not 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 a huge fan of that. But then to, to, to turn around and get Rolando, I think that was that was a great deal. Rolando is on a long term, longer term, three or four years left. I forget what, but it's a big deal. Uh, big money deal, so um, you know, sort of ties up a lot of cap space on a player who is good but not great. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Clippers didn't have a lot of other options available given what they the assets that they had. So um, all in, probably a net positive for Dirt. Um, that that early deal looked a little bit worse than maybe it should have, given that he knew he was or knew or planned on getting uh, Blackman on the back end. Yeah, yeah, that that does make sense. Um, now, any other trades you guys can think of uh, that that we we haven't covered, or I think we covered most of the the big trades here. 
Okay. Um, now let's take a quick look at the trade block here. Um, some of the names that are out there. We we have the Bobcats. They have Budinger, Najera, and I think he also put on Turner out there on uh, on the block. Um, obviously, OKC has moved Harrison. Um, I think Templeton and Vlad are still out there. Um, I think the Jazz has this guy named Vernon Strokes that somebody needs to frickin' just take for the love of God. Uh, <laughs> yes, give us your pitch. Give us your pitch of uh, why I should teams give, uh, trade for Strokes. UK, I will give UK dump up. I will give second-round draft picks for somebody to take this son of a bitch off my frickin' hands. Um, but uh, okay now my self-serving portion is done Um, let's talk about the real players not Vernon Strokes who is a fucking son of a bitch that somebody needs to fucking take I've been peddling this asshole for seasons now nobody will take him from me Um, but Bunger Najera interesting to see that um, um, that Odin waving some of these players out there Um, Heaps, what do you think about some of that? Uh, I mean, I, I think it makes sense that he'd want to retool a little bit. That team is not going to win a championship anytime soon. Um, you know, I think, unfortunately, for uh, for Odin, he probably needs to, to sell off Miles Turner to get a decent return. I'm not sure people are going to pay a lot for uh, Nahara or, or Budinger, um, but... You know, I think both are good players for, for for any team that needs an upgrade at the shooting guard or a defensive rebounding uh, center. I think both those players are are great options. Um, I just don't think they're going to give great great returns. Okay, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on this? Um, just uh, I mean uh, about those two specifically, just about the Bobcats block, or just in, in yeah, general. Well, the yeah, well, the Bobcats block or or what what OKC has left. Um, what, what what do you think? Do, do, do you think that those are our players are going to get moved? Um, I, it's definitely something that uh, I know that uh, GBG is pretty active about trying to move about trying to move guys. So um, I, I think now that Vladi is his only center, that may slow down a little bit now, and he may be looking more for uh, what he would expect as far as what he perceives the value for Vlade than just trying to go ahead and dump him. Uh, but Templeton, with him get, bringing uh, Zeke Sincola in that trade, Templeton, somebody who uh, would possibly be able to get moved uh, that he may be looking at still. Uh, depending on what the price is, uh, I, don't, I don't know how high his price is going to be. I know that was something I had talked to him a little bit in the off season. Uh one team that would be a possibility um, is Heaps here in his nets that uh, he's Templeton's on a pretty good deal. He's on it for two years. And I know that that's one thing that uh, they've talked about. Uh, and that it was in the, the Cuban report was just mentioning the fact of the point guard play uh, and just how far they're going to be able to go uh, with Rondo playing the point guard position for him. So that would be something that there might be a good fit there that he might be uh wanting to look at that to see if he could put the pieces together to try to bring in uh, a true, more of a true point guard there uh, on a reasonable deal. That's one yeah, good I mean, fit that I would think. I I definitely have looked and kicked the tires on Templeton. I, I texted with GBG about 30 minutes actually before the podcast. I think his, his asking price is still a little bit too high for me. 
uh, again, <laughs> with the caveat that I'm not one who's going to mortgage my future for a marginally better chance at winning a championship, given that you know the playoffs are a, a best of seven series, um, and that you know you aren't guaranteed anything, even if you have the best team in the entire league. So, um, you know, Templeton's definitely an, an upgrade for me, but. I'm not sure it's a giant upgrade over Tyreek Evans, who looks to be playing pretty well so far uh, in the first 10 games. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you were, um, glad you were tanking. <laughs> um, Magic, what, what are your thoughts on this? Did you, did you on, the, on some of these shakeups that we're seeing in the uh, trade talks? It's, it's all interesting. I think, it's, what I've noticed is just the, the differing of opinions. Um, you know, I know Sean has, has his belief of not mortgaging the future. And then you see some guys that are just willing to trade uh, first round picks. And I've, I've been that and you know, I did that, which, which helped me win my title, you know, but I think I, I like, I kind of like Sean's approach of, you know, getting in the playoffs. Cause I've been told multiple times that it's, that as he said, it's kind of a crapshoot once you get in. And it's really, that was actually about, Sean. Oh, Seeds, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, you're, <laughs> uh, no no problem. They do sound alike, though. Yeah, they, they sound very alike, and they've gotten me a few <laughs> times. I'm starting to tell the difference between they actually might be our uh, super twins, our super twins of the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a different ways. You know, some people are willing to trade and, and kind of mortgage for the future for the now. Um, I think the the OKC teardown that's that's going in in place right now. I think it's really going to test, and we're going to see just how good of a of a GM GB can be, or or what he is, or if he was just set up by uh by by Aaron Harrison and that stacked roster that he had. That's that's what I've been told. So I think that's going to be something that's interesting and fun to watch. And and for me personally, you know, just trying to see because I think you know I'm a couple years out. I probably got a few more years before I have to probably consider. Uh, a teardown and a rebuild. So it's going to be something that I'm going to pay attention to. It's just the, the different strategies and, you know, seeing which ones work better. So I, I, that to me is, is what's most interesting and, and, and fun to learn and fun to watch uh, is just seeing, you know, the different ways to make things work. That's the, that's the best and, you know, putting yourself in the best position for the long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's going to be interesting here because I, I see so many potential matches for some of these players. Um, that are out there in the free agent market, and especially if if um, Odin decides to retool a little bit and, and move uh, Turner or Najar or Budinger, um, and then Templeton, and uh, I mean, I, I think he can be a real good addition to a few teams, um, especially um, our Russian comrade that's on with us right now. Um, I think he would be a great fit there if um, if GBG comes down a little bit in the asking price. Um, but and I kind of have to grow agree with Heeds. I mean, I'm I, I'm a person that I mean for many years, and I played mogul baseball, and I never I always built through the draft, and I never mortgaged um, for superstars. I always tried to um, find diamonds in the rough and and try to find good good efficient deals, um, so I can always keep building through my team through drafts. Um, so. I don't like I'm going to myself. Yeah, it's going to be tough for me here um, to be able to once I do look to compete around uh, around um, around my big man um, in the middle. Um, 
I mean, how I'm going to uh, how I'm going to do that if I'm going to give in and give up multiple first round picks for that player that I want eventually. Um, but why don't we break up some of the sim talk and and just for the people listening um, to the to the podcast, we will get back to sim talk. We're going to talk about our uh, breakdown of all the divisions. We're going to touch about touch base on some of the teams, uh, little pretenders contenders talk. Um, and, and how we think the season is going to shape up and shape down. But we're going to break up some of the sim talk, and we're going to talk about some real-life stuff here for a little bit, um, mainly college football, because that, that, that's where most of us met. Uh, the four of us on right now are huge college football fans, as, as I mentioned earlier. Two of us, Notre Dame, two of us, uh, Ohio State, who um, really got kicked in the nuts. Well, we, all four of us got kicked in the nuts, really, after seeing the uh, – the committee's uh, drop in Notre Dame too in the rankings. Um, he's, what, what was your take on shake up on, uh, over the weekend? I mean, the, the 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 weekend, I obviously would have been a lot happier had Notre Dame taken care of business in Boston College and beaten them by three or four scores like we should have. Uh, that said, you know, like everyone says, there's a magic number of turnovers that you have where you just can't win a a, a game and. Apparently six was not that number for Notre Dame because we turned the ball over just a ton, including a lot in the red zone, and still ended up winning on the road. Well, maybe it was a home game, but it was in Boston, uh, part of the Shamrock series, so technically a home game. Um, so, you know, I think that was that was not a, a great win for us, but I don't think it was nearly as bad as people make it out to be given the fact that we turned the ball over so many times, and yet we still ended up winning because we had so many other facets of the game uh, playing so well, uh, and as far as the the playoff committee, you know, um, I've I've read, have not independently confirmed that one member of the committee, the ACC member, was not present at the voting, and that had a lot to do with us not with with Notre Dame not uh, maintaining its ranking uh, either at four or possibly moving up to number three with Ohio State losing. So, not really concerned at all with the drop in the rating. I, I think that's a uh, there's a very rational explanation for that. I think that Iowa will lose. I think they're not as good as they they are. I think Ohio, Oklahoma might win, but I think we still get in uh, at three or four with Oklahoma there if uh, Iowa loses. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the, the, we still got Stanford this week. Um, Obviously, you need to win. Yeah, I mean that that's sorry to 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 jump in there and interrupt, but obviously, winning at Stanford is. Um, the assumption I'm making and everything I just said is that you know Notre Dame ends up 11 and one with their only loss being on the road at Clemson in the rain, um, possibly yeah, I, winning that game if they would have made a two point conversion or Kelly would have made a better decision earlier in the fourth quarter to not go for two. Yeah. Oh God, that was a bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my whole thought is, I mean, I, I think if we beat Stanford, um, a, a good team on the road at their house. It's going to give us a nice, nice, good win at the end of the season, um, and, and I, I really think that um, that's probably going to put us right into that playoff talk. Um, now, for our Ohio State fans that are on here with us right now, um, I'm going to go over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, um, I'm sorry, man, but what's going through your thoughts? What, what, what are you thinking, seeing the, the, the results right now? Uh, a lot of sadness. A lot of sadness. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, 
Saturday was hard to watch. That was uh, one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Michigan State, but man, Ohio State just could not block the pass rush. Uh, they didn't. It was very bad play calling. Um, I, I think that a lot of the Ohio State fan base is not necessarily happy that uh, Zeke Elliott said what he said after the game, uh, but I don't think that they're all that upset with him either because they all agree with them. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, looking at the way that the rankings came out today, I, I was definitely a little bit surprised to see Notre Dame there, but it's one of those things that until the actually get to the end of the season, who the hell knows what the committee is doing. I know last year they said that, you know, they kept TCU pretty high up there and said that they had not even considered, they had not even taken into consideration the head to head between Baylor and TCU until after the season was completed. And that's why that was part of why TCU dropped. So um, who knows, you know, I don't know. I didn't actually watch the show, so I didn't really get to hear the explanation or anything. I don't know if they're actually taking fully into consideration the common opponent between Notre Dame and Oakland. Oklahoma uh, of Texas, with that being who Oklahoma lost to and Notre Dame beating them the way that they did. Um, so I don't know if that's another situation where they're not fully taking everything into consideration yet, but I would expect that when we get to the end, uh, you know, assuming that Michigan State does win out and that they beat Iowa, you know, that let's say assume that the chalk wins and that we see Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, Michigan State, and Notre Dame win out. Um, just because, I mean, I know that Iowa right now is ahead of Michigan State, but I don't think that any one of us really thinks that Michigan State is going to lose to Iowa uh, at this point in time. Sorry, uh, Buster and Bruns. It's not something that we're really expecting at this point. Um, I, I would expect that you're going to see the Big Ten champion get in along with Clemson and Alabama, uh, and then it's going to be between Oklahoma and Notre Dame. And at that point, if Oklahoma is the the Big 12 champion and Notre Dame is looking, uh, you know, they've got coming off the win against Stanford and they're at 11 and one there. Uh, I think that they're going to give Notre Dame the nod over Oklahoma. Yeah, I kind of agree with you just because of that common opponent. It, that, that would make most sense to me. I, I, the, but, but I do but, also uh, want to clarify uh, that I don't think there's any way that they actually put it in, leave it in the same order. They're not going to have a, you know, even if Notre Dame would be the fourth team or however they want to do it, I don't think there's any way that they're actually going to match up Clemson against Notre Dame in a rematch. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to work it out so that it's uh, Clemson against either Alabama or, you know, let's say Michigan State in this scenario. Uh, and then, uh Notre Dame would play the other one. I don't think there's any way that they're going to match them up. I think that what they'll do is they'll figure out their four teams and then kind of make the matchup that so they the, want. So basically you're thinking that, that eventually they'll move Notre Dame up to number three in the rankings. Yeah, uh, I think that what they would do is, yeah, I think they'll look at the, the they'll look at the four teams, they'll make they'll decide on their four teams and then kind of make the matchups as they, as they think they should be so that they can kind of avoid a rematch or something like that. Okay. Magic, what do you think? Um, two thoughts. I mean, two separate thoughts. I mean, number one, I, Saturday was hard. I, I, I don't know what was going on and what was happening. I mean, it's it's been like that all year. I don't know if there's really any explanation at this point. I think I tried to give Tim Beck the benefit of the doubt, and and I think it's just not working. So I'm hoping that Urban realizes that, and we have a offensive shakeup similar to our defensive shakeup a couple of years ago, which led to great results. Um. Just inexcusable. I, I don't. You, know, you don't come to. You don't have an Ohio State team as, as loaded as we are, and, and and have such a poor game plan and execution. I just don't think there's any reason that's a, that's there shouldn't be anything that should be reason on why that happens. But 
In regards to the college football committee and, and, and the rankings, I, I, I got to be honest, I don't know what the fuck they are doing. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how Alabama, for instance, gets a pass for losing at home to what's now an unranked team, you know, and their and their best win is, is what, you know? I mean, they haven't played anybody that's shown their worth, you know, and, and, and you know, then, then I look at that, then I look at, you know, even I think Oklahoma's loss is, is better to, uh, you know, an arch rival in kind of a do-or-die situation for them or even Notre Dame. I mean, I, I don't – I think Notre Dame's schedule and then what they've been able to do and accomplish this year far outweighs what Alabama's done and, and what they've put together. And, and yet Alabama gets the pass and they get to go – they get to move up and they don't have to worry about proving themselves, which to me doesn't make sense. Um, so that's that's my main thing. I. I think it's good. I agree. I think that if somehow Ohio State gets in, so I think if Ohio State, Michigan State, or Iowa wins the Big Ten, they're going to get a spot in. I don't. I don't think there's any way they leave one of those three fan bases out. I think the wild card will be if Michigan wins this weekend and uh, Michigan State, you know, loses. That would be a pretty sorry set of circumstances. But again, I just think they the committee's put themselves in a situation again, like last year where they're going to have to leave a, a team or two out. It's just not a lot of people are going to understand. And, you know, it's just not fun, but it's going to, I've lost a lot of muster. on really caring on what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. So I guess that's, that's, that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't really know, but. Okay. Sucks well, for sure. So why don't we shift our focus? So uh, people like Eric um, aren't um now thinking about committing suicide they, you, eric you can put down the rope we're going and banks i know you don't want, want to talk of us talking about notre dame ohio state and stuff like that so um you guys can put down the guns don't drink the bleach or whatever else you're going to do um we're going to move o- over and talk a little bit about uh the nba basketball season right now because i would assume everyone we're in a basketball sim league and and uh, I would assume we're all sports fans, and we all have different teams that we're rooting for. Um, looking at the start of the season, to me, I mean, Golden State at 15 and 0. Are you kidding me? Um, I I am just amazed at that team every time I watch them. I mean, it's, they're so fun to watch them play. And you I mean their point differential um, best in the league again this year? Um, um, what do you think about the start of the NBA season thus far? Uh, I mean, obviously Steph Curry is unbelievable. That team is unbelievable. Um, I think it's humorous and shout how Eric wants to pretend that they are not um, just the best team that any of us has seen in a long time. I mean, the, 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 the thing that's incredible about that team is Steph Curry, who is the MVP and the best player in the league without a doubt. Um, is pretty humble and, and, and wants absolutely none of the limelight and just totally plays into the team first mentality of what they've got going on there. Um, and it's it's really a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, if, if that team were in New York or Miami or Chicago or anywhere where everyone got to watch them every night, it would be a much, 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 much bigger deal than it is right now. Um, it, they're 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 just incredible. I mean, there's there's really no, no other accolade you could 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 give them. Um, Sugar Daddy, what are your, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I'll be honest, yeah, uh, my 
NBA right now, uh, and, and really even college basketball is starting up, is a little bit on the back burner for me until football season's over. So most of what I've watched so far has just been watching some Cavs games, uh, and then also I've tuned in for some Golden State games, and I also like watching the Young Timberwolves. I think that's a, a fun team to watch, but I've been watching some of them as well. But yeah, right now Golden State is just incredible. I, I, you know, I get Eric, I get what Eric's saying that he, uh, for the most part, has just been in as far as he's really been adamant when it comes up of people talking about can they win, you know, 72 games. So that's been where he gets really adamant that, that he refuses to even talk about it until they get to 41 and three is the point he keeps bringing up. So I'm, I'm going to get what he's saying there, but like, like he said, he just is, seems to be very, very against it. Um, but I mean, it's, they're playing incredible right now. And it, it's just, uh, it's just really fun to watch Steph Curry right now. I mean, it's amazing. Just, he is just unreal. It, it, who do you think is going to come out of uh, – well, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't get Magic. Magic, what are your thoughts on, on uh, the start of the season in Golden State Warriors? I am going to be one of the people who disagrees on those notions. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I think they're a great team. They're defending champions. I don't think they're as invincible as – this is a lot of people think they are personally. I mean, I don't think they've faced murderers row of teams so far to start the year, but I mean, it's a long season. And I think two things, two things I wonder about with them going forward. I think first off is, you know, not to peak too soon or too early. You know, I think we see a lot of times, you know, teams that will, come out, you know, the first quarter, half a year and just be on fire and then and then lose that towards the end of the season. And, you know, whether they can – it's 82 games and what is it? I mean, six, seven, eight months we're talking about for a season is a long time to keep up this this type of play. And, and when they're a team that depends on, you know, the jump shooting so much, you know, they could have a couple weeks at the end of the season and into the playoffs that, you know, they go cold and it just, you know, doesn't, doesn't click for them. So – the other thing, too, has just been an unbelievable run of, of good health on that team. So, and that, again, is another thing that I just, I don't think is going to sustain itself. Just, you know, you can't go two, two and a half years of long, you know, long playoff runs back to back and, and not expect something to happen. So, uh, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep those two things, both, you know, the motivation and, and also, two to stay healthy. But, I, I mean, common... Uh, in the history of the NBA, those two things have, have very rarely stuck for, for that long period of time. So we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting, and it'll be fun to watch when it gets later in the year. But I don't think anything really what goes on now really matters, you know, six months from now when the actual playoffs start. So Okay. Sounds great. Um, so while we get back into our Sim League talk, I mean, we, we broke up the Sim League talk for about 10, 15 minutes and just talked about real-life stuff. So – we're not complete nerds, um, but um, what what I'd love to be able to do right now um, is, um, is is let's take a look at the teams. We're basically going to uh, touch up right now uh, for the people listening. We're going to touch up on all all the conferences. We're going to touch up. I'm going to ask a little thoughts about uh, some of the teams that are out there. Then we're going to get into uh, some of our predictions and. Uh, on the season and what we think is going to happen. We're going to start here in the Midwest division um, with uh, with the team that's in the top 
thoughts in the Midwest, San Antonio Spurs. Um, I'm going to throw this towards um, uh, he, he, he. What are you thinking on the Spurs right now at uh, starting the season off at six and three? Uh, I mean, not not super surprising that they would be able to luck into a record, not luck into, but get into a record like that. Uh, they do have some good players. I, I, I know Victor was toying with the idea of uh, throwing his hat into the ring and competing this year. Um, he has a couple of really valuable picks, I think, in those heat picks and could have gotten a, a starter caliber player at least for those picks. Um, and so not, not not super surprising. I really like McDice. I really like, uh, obviously, Hornacek. Obviously, uh, Lynn Bias, also very good. So he has a lot of great players there. His point differential, which is what I look at, I think is the best indication of how strong a team is, is their points per game differential. Uh, it's only about, you know, two and a half, two point seven. 2.7. So, um, you know, a 6-3 and three record might be a little bit deceiving, given that he probably had a couple of close wins and some big blowouts with that point differential. Um, but obviously, you know, not... It's a good start for the Spurs and then a good start for Victor, given that he's trying to tank and trying to get a high pick here, but probably not sustainable in in in, in the long run. Okay, um, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on the on the San Antonio Spurs? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm expecting it to come back down to earth a little bit. I mean, he does have a couple of nice wins over the. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he did have a couple. Uh, he had, I'm sorry, a win over the Sonics, uh, but then I know one of his wins was over the Celtics. Uh, I. I dealt him one of his losses, uh, one of the three losses. So, I mean, it's just trying to take a look at the teams that he actually had lost to as well, that he lost to the Hornets also, which is not a not a good loss to have. Um, you know, I think the RV's team is going to be a little bit better, So that's, but that's something that if he's really going to be a team with that type of record that you would expect that he would win that type of game. Uh, so I'm expecting that that's going to come back down to earth and that he'll be more competing for one of the lower playoff spots if he's going to be competing than, if he, than to be up there. Uh, at the top of the division. How about you, Magic? What, what, what do you think about the Spurs at the top of that division right now? Um, uh, there's not much to to say there. Adam hasn't already been said. I, I, you know, these, these early sims, I think, from what I've learned, of pretty much a crapshoot is, is people figure out their teams. So I, I think, as as both those guys have mentioned, I think there's going to be a sense of falling back there a bit. You know, I didn't expect them to to be much of a contender for the, the full length of the season. So, you know, I think that's gonna, you know, it's a good start. It's a good good building block for something for in the future. So, I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to watch them and see if they can sustain it. But like I said, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith that that'll probably continue either. Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about the rest of the division as a whole. Now that we talked about the early division leader, um, in the rest in the Midwest, we have the Kansas City Kings the Denver Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and then this useless team called the Utah Jazz. Um, So, obviously, some of the talks is is that they're not going to be able to save this, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, In my opinion, just from what I think is going to happen, I I really think that the Kings or the Rockets are going to, kind of bounce back and take that uh, Midwest division. Um, I mean, I, I think they both have really good rosters. I mean, I, I think Denver, I think they're up in the coming team. I, I think Banks is doing a lot of good things there, obviously. 
Um, Timberwolves have a really strong young roster that eventually I think are going to be able to compete. Um, and then uh, you have the, the, the two tankers at the bottom with the Jazz and the Thunder. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Heaps. Heaps, what's your thought on the rest of the Midwest? I mean, I I think you you nailed it by saying that the Kings and the Rockets, the class of that division, uh, you know, is ruled with an iron fist by Aaron Harrison and the Thunder for the last. I mean, if if we go back to the soup years since since the creation draft, essentially that that division has been ruled by the Thunder Mavs. So this is really the first time that I think it's wide open for anyone to sort of come in and take uh, control of the division. And those are the two teams most likely uh, to take control. I, I, I like actually the Timberwolves quite a bit. Um, you know, I think maybe the, the Kings and Rockets right now have the best chance. I think the Rockets in the next two or three years are going to fall off. Uh, and I think taking their place as the challenger to the Kings are going to be the Timberwolves. So those are probably my, my three uh, favorites, the Timberwolves the Kings and the Rockets out of that division. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what what are your thoughts on the rest of the Midwest? Uh, No, I mean, exactly what you guys said. Uh, The Kings were my pick to win the division. Uh, I I think it's going to be between them and the Rockets, but uh, I'm counting on the Kings to come through and end up winning that the Midwest. Uh, But I think the Rockets are going to be right there, be pretty close and and be a team that's going to be in the fight for the three, four, five seeds. Uh, And then, you know, other teams, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, we're not really expecting the Jazz are going to be tanking still. Uh, But then I think that uh, Oklahoma City, uh, I mean, he still has some nice pieces, uh, some pieces that could work. So, I mean, it's really going to depend on seeing, uh, looking at at seeing if if he has some more moves down the pipeline, which I think he will to try to, make sure that he can get into that tank mode that looks like that's what he's trying to accomplish. Uh, so I think that he will not be competing, but uh, he would need to do it, get it done soon. Uh, otherwise he may win a little bit too many games early on. Uh, but I do think that uh, then the Spurs, uh, the Timberwolves, uh, and possibly even the Nuggets will be teams that will be kind of uh, competing there. Uh, that'll be towards those lower playoff spots, uh, fighting for the seven, eight spots. Okay. Uh, Magic, what are your thoughts on the rest of the Midwest? Well, um, I don't have too much to add just from uh, a perspective of, of what's already been said. I agree with primarily. I think the two most interesting things to me that I'm going to – I mean, I think it's going to come down as well to the to – the, I think the Rockets are going to take it. But I think the interesting thing to watch with them is there has been such dominance by the Thunder, so I think there's definitely a vacuum at the top. Uh, there's there's a gap there of, of – you know, availability to take that division that there wasn't before. So I think with the Rockets, you know, he, he's got a lot of older guys and a lot of big contracts on some of those older guys. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if if that'll pay off for him. You know, otherwise, you know, he's got a lot of big contracts with some older guys. That, that could be a big a big thing that could be tough to do. And, and I think as well, I think the Timberwolves are the other big one to look at. You know, they've haven't really made been able to or tried to make a run for quite a while and then I think there's just a lot of openness to that division that I, I think this is a time where they can you know finally step up and make a run uh, and, yeah. and utilize some of the, the resources they put together okay um, we're gonna we're gonna shift our attention now now that we uh, now that we talked about the Midwest and we're gonna go over the Pacific division um, which I mean, to me, um, right now we have the, the Grizzlies sitting there at six and three. 
Um, Grizzlies and, and Drews, every season, these seems to always be uh, a playoff team, a contender, um, a good team. Um, uh, I, I really don't think that's any surprise um, with them leading that division right now. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Magic this time around. Magic, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the uh, the division leading Grizzlies right now? You know, I think it, for him, and it's it's something that he's pined about, pined about for a while. I think it's going to come down to just his his point guard play. I know he it was a big concern for him going into the season. So, you know, whether that's going to hold up for him and, and keep him. You know, I, I mean, I think what's interesting is he's got the most wins in the division. However, his win percentage is, is not quite up there. So that's something to keep in mind, um, you know, going six and three. So I think for for my competition, I think he's going to be the class of the uh, he's going to be the class of the of the division against each other. And he knocked me out two sims ago. I knocked him out last year. So I, I foresee us going at it for the majority of the year and even into the playoffs. So I think for for me, he's going to be the biggest one to watch and 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 keep an eye on. Okay, uh, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on the Vancouver Vancouver Grizzlies right now? Um, I mean, I think that he has uh, put a nice team together, and he's got some nice wins. I mean, just looking at the early season wins here, he beat the Suns, he beat the Trailblazers, uh, he beat the Clippers. I mean, so it's not like he's just beating up on some teams that he should. Uh, He's also going out and beating some of these other teams that are going to be the division competition. Uh, So that's something that's a big thing for him is getting those early season wins against some of these other teams that are expected to compete uh, in the Pacific. Uh, so I think he's definitely going to be one of the teams that's going to be fighting for it as the season goes on. Okay. Um, Heaves, let's talk about our fellow Irish brethren, Drews. What do you think, Heaves, of the Vancouver Grizzlies? I mean, I'd put them in the uh, the good contender – or good pretender, excuse me, good pretender category – I don't think they have a real shot of winning a championship. I I, I don't think their team is uh, totally built out as well as a, as a championship caliber team would be given that he doesn't have an elite point guard. Um, But at the same time, I think, you know, it's a really good nucleus and I think he has a lot of opportunity to, to put uh, some pieces around it or to, you know, do a two for one and, and and upgrade um, to to make it a championship caliber team, I think the the class of, of of that division right now and probably for the next couple of years is going to be the defending champion Trailblazers, and I just don't see anybody um, from that division contending with them. Okay, well, look, rounding out the rest of the division, and, and I'm going to get some talk on the, on the rest of the teams. Um, Heaps, um, we we have the Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, the Seattle Sonics, the Golden State Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Um, the, my opinion, I think the Warriors have have some um, decent uh, pieces that, uh, that 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 are pretty interesting out there. Um, and I I think um, um, Suns. I mean, Ink always he's a conniving little bastard that always figures how to screw somebody or do something. Um, I think we should just give him the nickname Weasel. Um, I think that should be his name throughout the rest of the that, That's that's perfect. That's perfect, actually. Um, um, so Weasel, um, we'll we'll figure a way to to 
get something, I, I think. Um, but but I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think Portland is going to be the team to beat in that, in that conference. Um, I mean, um, I think it's going to be a Portland, uh, Vancouver, uh, Phoenix towards the top of that conference. Um, but I'm going to throw this over to uh, Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what do you think on the rest of the Pacific? Yeah, I mean, I think Portland's the team to beat there. Like I said, I thought that Vancouver would be one of the teams that was kind of competing there, but I definitely think that it's going to be Portland that pulls away there. They've, they're my pick to win the division, uh, and I expect that the Trailblazers will do that. Uh, he's off to a nice start at 4-1, and one, and I expect that uh, he'll continue that going. Uh, I think that the Suns and Sonics are gonna, and Clippers are going to be two teams that should be decent. I was surprised. Uh, I expected that the Clippers would have a little bit better start than they did. Uh, I know that he has made some maneuvered and, and made some changes with his team, but I expect that they would be better than the two and six start. Um, so I think that he will come back up a little bit uh, and that we'll see some improvement there. Uh, but uh, I think that Vancouver will be in that fight. Vancouver, Seattle, Phoenix will be in that fight for the two, three, four spots in the, in the uh, division uh, and be fighting for those spots that are going to be like the three, four, five, six spots in the conference and that the Clippers uh should rise up as well and that Golden State will fall off. And obviously then the Lakers, we know, uh, have kind of unloaded their players and they're going to be in the fight for the number one pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to uh, the main man here. He is the person that's wearing the ring, has the trophy, um, sitting there with a the cigar. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's your it's your turn over there, Magic Man. Um why don't you uh, talk about the rest of this conference, including your team? How do you think things are going to shape out of the Pacific? Are you going to pat yourself on the back? Do you think you're just going to take it? Um, uh, I do. I think over the course of a season, of course of the of the full year, I, I think the the dogs that I have, the the horses, I think that I'll overcome. I again, I think I'm you know. Vancouver is really the team that concerns me the most. I don't particularly want to run into them in the playoffs. So that's something I'll keep an eye on. I think the Suns, uh, I think they're the team as well. Wait, 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 but we're going to change our team name. They're no longer the Phoenix Suns. They're the Phoenix Weasels. <laughs> All right, the Phoenix Weasels. So, uh, like I said, I mean, they're another team I think that can jump up and, and bite somebody, you know, myself, someone else in the division. So, but other than that, I mean, I think that, the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, to me don't, you know, they're they're doing their own thing over there, so I don't think. But I think it's going to be fun. I, I know that Drews has obviously helped me a lot, and and you know he's one of my my very good friends. So I'm looking forward to, to battling him throughout the year. And 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 again, I feel confident, feel good. I, I think that I've, you know, I didn't really lose much, and and what, I'm happy with what I was be able to bring back pretty much the, the whole team from last year. So just kind of ride with that. So. Okay. Heaps, you got any more thoughts on that? So the rest of the conference, I know you, in your initial thought, you started, you, sp- you spiraled out around the rest of the conference. Do you have anything you want to add about the, the Phoenix Weasels or the Sonics or the Warriors or the Clippers or Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the Supersonics are maybe the team that maybe hasn't gotten enough love so far. I think that's still a great squad, and, and I would not uh, be shocked at all to to see Jan win that division. I think it's the Trailblazers to lose, but I think Jan maybe is the second best team in that division. Uh, I think the Clippers underperformed a little bit at two and six. I, th- I think they're a better team than that, but don't see them as a threat to win the division at all. And Lakers obviously are the best tanking team in the the league, so 
you know, if if they ended, you know, with ten or less wins, that's about what they should do. We we, we need them to get some more wins. At least, at least in Utah, we, we need them to get a few more wins. Um, please, somebody in that conference, give them some freaking wins, please. Uh, I I feel for <laughs> you that I I think SPO. I think that you may be looking at the at the third best odds. Uh, just because I think that the Bucks and the Lakers are both going to be pretty Ugh. bad, so you may be looking at the third best odds. Ugh. God, you got to be kidding me! So I won't get either Westbrook or Rose. You know what? Screw all of you. Um, but now let's move <laughs> forward, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Atlantic Division, um, which right now, um, looking at the Atlantic Division, um, I, I really think maybe hell is frozen over um, because the Boston Celtics are 6-0. and um, But at the top of the division, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, so that's who we're going to focus our initial attention on because we're first going to talk about the, the league leader, and then we'll open it up to the rest of the league. Um, we have the Sixers right now. Um, uh, Fasan is obviously um, the man in charge, I mean, uh, of that team. Um, the guy is, is, is kind of like a whiz kid. He, he, he's smart, knows God. He, he knows how to maneuver everything in this game. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what do you think of the Philadelphia 76ers at 8-1? Um, I like the 76ers, and I think that they're going to be a pretty good team. I mean, I definitely thought that they were one of the teams that was going to be competing for the division there. Um, they were not my pick. Uh, my pick is uh, Heed's Nets here, uh, but I definitely thought that the Sixers were going to be a team that was going to be pretty close with them and was going to be fighting for, uh, the, if they did fall short in the division, that they were going to be a team that was going to be right there for the uh, number three spot in the conference. Uh, so I'm not surprised that they got off uh, to such a great start because I think they're going to be a team that's going to win a lot of games this year. Just looking at his roster, he's got probably the best name in the league. Pops Mensa Bansu. That is by far the best name in this league. If I have another kid, I'm calling them Pops Mensa Bansu. That is the coolest name I've ever seen on in this game. Uh, but I'm now going to switch this over to Magic. Magic, what are your thoughts on the 76ers leading this division? No, I mean, it's not surprising. Uh, I know he made the, the good move of, of – uh, stripping out KD and, and bringing in Sharif, and it's it's looking like that's been a pretty good and a, a very advantageous move for him. So I think he's definitely the, the class of that division. I think he's shown it earlier, and I think over the course of the year he's going to prove it. You know, my sleeper team, I think team that's underperforming is the Heat a little bit. So I think they're going to be a team that's going to that's going to come back around. But uh, I think the 76ers are going to prove their might over the course of the sim and over the course of the season, and, and it's not surprising to me. I think I'd kind of looked at their roster and, and seen some of the things of what I liked, and and it's I think it's going to continue. So, he's okay, he's building that team. Heaves, what do you think about your six seventy uh, sixers at the top of the division at eight and one? What, what do you think about that team a little bit? Yeah, they're a great squad. They knocked the Nets out of the playoffs last year. Um, great outside scoring squad, you know, like I said earlier, one of the things that I look at in uh, trying to determine how, how good a team really is, is their point differential. And I think he has the best, if, 
if, you know, one of the best, if not the best, point differentials in, in the league after the first 10 games, uh, which is not surprising and is consistent with uh, them being, you know, one of the better teams in uh, Sim League today. Okay. Um, taking a look at the rest of the division now, um, we have the Boston Celtics at 6-0. and I have no idea how the fuck that happened. Did Dump maybe blow soup or something? I, I have no idea how something like that could happen. Um, then we have the Brooklyn Nets at four and two. We have the Miami Heat at three and four. The Knicks at three and five. The Magic and Bullets, uh, Magic one and four, Bullets at one and seven. Um, I, since since we're we have one of the people from that division on the call, uh, I'm going to start with Heaves here. Heaves, what's your thoughts on, on the rest of the division? How do you think things are going to shake out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the Celtics obviously six now. That's not sustainable. No one's going eighty two and zero. Uh, not not the least of which is a team that dump built um, that really has no <laughs> point guard. So the Celtics uh, flash in the pan for sure. Haven't really even looked at what they did schedule wise or point differential. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm too lazy to even click on the the hyperlink right now as I talk to you. But they're they're actually about a 19 point differential right now. They're holy shit, really? Oh wow, they yeah. No, I now that you said that, I I went ahead and clicked on it, and that's absolutely true. Uh, it looks like they – let's just walk through this. They beat the Warriors. Warriors are bad. They destroyed the Heat. I mean, 115 to 67. That's super impressive. Beat the Bulls with Aaron Harrison. That's a pretty good win, too. Uh, beat the Grizzlies. Good win. So maybe I'm, maybe we're all underrating them a little bit. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe Dump has a contender here and he needs to to go all in for a point guard. I'm I'm – Maybe, but it, but it is Pro- pro- probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, going on with the rest of the, of the league, you know, the the, the Nets, uh, my team, we were uh, doing a little bit of tinkering with the, the depth chart just to see what we had and a couple of players that we drafted and to see what happened with starting a new point guard and trying a different offensive style. And so, actually, I was pretty happy to go four and two. I had a pretty tough. Uh, first 10, 10 days, as far as the teams that I play, they're all playoff contenders, I think. And so to go four and two, having not started what I think of as my best team, uh, just as an, an experiment, I was pretty happy with that. I think the Heat, four and three, the th- three and four, Heat are a better team than that. Not a championship, a legitimate championship contender. They could luck into one, but um, they have a great one through three. Uh, not much else other than that. And then the Knicks. <sighs> You know, Eric's really interesting because he sort of bought in entirely into, like, that, like, blocking uh, mantra. And so, you know, that's really what he's built his team around is the blocking big men. And, you know, we will see whether that works out for him or not. Okay. Um, So I'm going to throw this over to um, Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what's your thoughts on the rest of this conference? Um, like like I had said before, uh, Heaves uh, and his Nets are my pick to win the division there. So I think that the Sixers are going to be really good. I, I think that the Nets uh, are going to be somebody that, you know, the 4-2 and two is a good start, but I think that he's going to uh, keep that up over the season. I mean, like he said, with him tinkering with the lineup, that just uh, has to make him feel pretty good, having a pretty good start like that. 
Um, so I think he's going to be the, uh, coming out of the division there as the champion. I think the Sixers are going to be pretty close with him and coming out most likely as the three seed in the conference. Uh, I think that the Heat are going to be right there in the thick of things for the four or five spots, things like that. Uh, the Knicks will be competing for one of the lower spots in the uh, conference, I believe. The, the Magic and the Bullets are both going to be tanking. And uh, the Celtics, I even with the the point differential they've got right now, I I just don't see that continuing. And I think based on his uh, comment in the uh, thread there, I don't think Dumb was expecting that either. Uh, he he said, 6-0, and oh, what the hell? Uh, so I think that he was uh, thrown off by that a bit too. Uh, I think he's going to come back to earth. Um, just I, I just don't think that his team is going to be good enough to really be competing for the division. Hey, Magic, I'm going to throw, uh, throw it your way now for the, for the, for the Russell Atlantic. What do you what do you think of this of this hot mess that we have with Boston going six and zero? I I think I'm gonna have to agree. I think the it's a great start. So I think maybe we're underrating some of the guys he does have. But I think the the lack of the points are that you know based on everything I know in this league is everybody's talked about. I think that over the long haul is going to be the biggest issue he's going to have. So I mean, if I think if that team if we are underrating them as, as much as it appears, if they can, you know, withstand that around and he can somehow swing for a, an above average or a quality point guard, that could be, you know, a, a surprise boom throughout the year. But, I, I mean, like everybody says, I think it's going to come down to the 76ers and the Mets, uh, I think. You know, the, Mets? And, the Mets play baseball now? Basketball? No, the Nets. Oh, <laughs> the I thought Nets. you said the Mets. Okay. No, the Nets. So, but uh, – you know, so I have the 76ers personally. You know, no, not to throw shade or hate around anyone, anyone in this conversation, but wow. that's who I have. Are you going to take <laughs> that from him? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. That lost this week to Michigan State at home. Hey, you know what? He he he's a great GM who won a championship building his own team with no help from anybody else. So I'll 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 live with it. <laughs> Okay, um, so now we're going to move on to uh, the Central Division, where we have at the top of the division the Indiana Pacers. Yes, I said that right, the Indiana Pacers at uh, six and three. Um, they're uh, they're the team that uh, that is leading the division. Um, I'm going to uh, lead this off with Sugar Daddy here. Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on this Indiana Pacers team at six and three? He, he he might be muted right now. I think he just called back into the podcast. Oh. So while you unmute him, I'll uh, I'll leave it off here. I think you know the Pacers look look really really good. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether that's sustainable or or, or not, but Kuzi obviously looks phenomenal, um, and he has some some decent bigs. I think he made a a pretty good trade to pick up Silverman to sort of, you know, replace what he lost in Russell and Aldridge before that. Um, but I think the the class of that division still probably is the Bobcats with the Bulls, maybe a close second with the Aaron Harrison pickups. Okay. Um, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on this Indiana Pacers team? Yeah, I mean, I think that they can be a decent team, but I don't expect them to be in the fight for the division. So uh, I don't think that that's going to be sustained. But again, that's something that if 
Jerry West, uh, I'm sorry, if uh, Bob Cousy does turn out for uh, JW to be uh, the next great point guard, then, you know, who knows that that could be something that we could definitely be wrong about if Cousy keeps up this type of play, uh, that that could be something that could carry that team and keep them in the fight for the division, not just this year, but for the future. Magic, what are your what are your thoughts here on this Indiana Pacers team? I think it's a, it's a pleasant surprise. I mean, they've got a a pretty solid and decent team, and, and like they've you know like they've said, I think Kuzi is going to be the uh, the the engine that or the going to be the conductor that drives that engine. They'll go as far as he can carry him. But uh, you know, looking at his stats, I I like what he's doing. He's he's getting up there and an assist, not turning the ball over a ton. So I think that bodes well for the future if he continues that. So I think if Kuzi, you know, keeps that play up and, and, and stays strong. I think they've got a chance to uh, make some noise into the seat or in the, into the playoffs. And you know, I don't think they're quite good enough yet, but it's a good base to build off of going forward. Okay. Um, the rest of the division we have just rounded out. We have uh, Chicago Bulls at three and two, the Memphis Bobcats at four and three, the Atlanta Hawks at three and two, Toronto Raptors three and two, Cavs three and three, Hornets three and five, and the Milwaukee Bucks at zero oh and two. Um, only two games played through 10 games. Um, Heaves, you, you touched a little bit about the rest of the division here, and, 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 you, and you threw out there about the Bobcats. Um, how do you think that you, – do you think they're going to shake down and think they were a division? Do you see anybody else rising up? I mean, obviously the Bulls look pretty good with Aaron Harrison, Little Bradford Smith, Blake Griffin. They have a good defensive big in Sierra Ratliff. Um, you know, Larry Nance is a has been a pretty efficient player. Uh, was a high high, high draft pick, you know, six, six or seven seven years ago. Um, so I think the Bobcats and Bulls, you know, Raptors. I I'd love to say have a shot, but I'm just not sure they have what it takes in the point guard and wings to really. Uh, make a run at it. Their their bigs obviously are really really good with Hutchins, Russell, and Thabit. Um, Corliss Williamson is a pretty efficient big for an inside offense, but I'm not sure they really have what it takes to compete in that division. Okay. Uh, Sugar Sean Cavaliers, uh, I, I like them quite a bit. I mean, I think they can make one or two more moves to become a really competitive team. But even if they did that, you know, Sean, I don't think that you'd be able to compete for a championship. So I'm not sure whether it's the time for you to go all in right now. But if you wanted to, you know, like I said, playoffs are always a crapshoot. So once you get in there, uh, if you have a decent team, always a chance to win it. Sugar Sean, what are your thoughts here on the, on the, on the rest of this division? Uh, I mean, I think the, that, you know, you guys touched on a lot of these teams, that there's uh, a lot of teams that are going to be very good and could be competing for the division. Um, I, I don't think I'm quite as high on the Bobcats um, as you guys are. I'm not expecting them to be quite as good, uh, but I, I think that the Bulls will most I, – I, the Bulls, I think, are going to be the team that takes the division. Uh, in my picks, I submitted I, – I chose the Cavs just because I, how could I not choose the Cavs? Uh, I, I got to have faith in my first team that's actually really going to be competitive. Uh, but I don't know that we're going to be quite there. I think the Bulls will take the division. And then I think that uh, teams like the Bobcats, uh, the Raptors, uh, my Cavaliers uh, will be competing in those spots that are going to be looking at, you know, the four, five, six seeds, uh, you know, the mid and bottom seeds of the uh, of the conference. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, we can see a couple of those teams, uh, you know, see my – hopefully see myself uh, do something once we get to the playoffs. But uh, uh, I think that the Hawks 
will end up outside the playoffs. And then I think the Bucks, uh, the Bucks are actually my t- my pick to have the worst record in the league. Uh, not feeling great about it, looking at things with the Lakers. Uh, but I, you know, I think the Bucks are going to be a team that's going to be tanking sort of the Hornets. Uh, I don't expect them to be uh, all that competitive. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, I, I would expect that the Hawks make uh, did not make it to the playoffs either. Okay. Uh, Magic, what what are your thoughts on your uh, Ohio State brethren um, that is the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the rest of this uh, Central Division? Uh, I like the Cavs. I think. I mean, I think the the Bulls. I had seen what had gone on to start the season or before the season. I think seeing them at the start of the season, just based on the other Sims, I think they're going to be the class of the division. Um, not too much. I think the Bobcats uh, are going to get in. You know, they can maybe make some noise. I think, you know, Sean's Cavaliers, I think, are going to be the biggest ones to take a step forward. Uh, I think they're going to have a solid season, get it into the playoffs. And, and I see them, you know, knocking a team or two out before before they kind of get bowed out themselves. But, you know, I think it's going to come down to the Bulls and, and maybe the Bobcats if they can make a run late in the year. But uh, I really like what, uh, what Sean has put together, and I think he's, you know, I think it's going to be over the next couple of years, I think it'll be the Bulls, you know, that is going to rule this year, maybe even next year and the year after. But I think Sean's set himself up to kind of slowly build that team up. And I think this year is when you finally see him making some noise and, and knocking a couple of people out potentially. Um, but I still see, I, I think the Bulls likely come out of the out of the East. But, you know, that's, that's my pick for what I believe. Yeah, you mean, uh, just for me to piggyback some of my thoughts here on what you guys said, you mean, uh, I absolutely like the team that uh, that Sugar Daddy's put together over there. I, I really like Odin. I, I really, really like Mighty Mouse um, to go with Benji Wilson and Tristan Thompson um, and Tabo Cephalosha. I mean, I, I think that's a really, really good core uh, of players that, uh, that 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 he's put together. I, I think through the first 10 games, I don't think his team, just looking at um, the averages, I, I don't think that they're playing – um, um, up to their proper performance. So I, I think that we're going to see him, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers move. I, I don't think he's going to win the division. I think, I really think Cleveland's going to end up being a playoff team. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're ready to take that step to knock teams out um, like um, the Ohio State brethren was thinking. Uh, but I, I really think they're going to be a team that's going to be really competitive, a team that's really on the rise. Um, I like the moves that he's made, um, but I'm going to kind of decide with he's here. I really think the Chicago Bulls are going to be the the the, the, the team in that Chicago in in that in that division. Um, I, I really really think Harrison moving um, to a team with more options is going to be is going to be huge uh, over there. Um, so I, I'm really I'm really picking the Bulls in that division. Um, so with that, I just completely jinxed them. The, the Bulls are going to trip it. Harrison's going to suck just because that's what I picked, and, and, and you're going to see, like, the Atlanta Hawks win it now or something like that um, because I'm just going to complete idiot. Um, okay. Um, so wh- why don't we get into some talk about pretenders versus contenders here. Um, hey, guys. I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to – um, call out uh, some teams, um, some random teams here that uh, that we we haven't talked about uh, that much. Um, and I'm going to go around the panel and see 
especially with their performance, if they're a pretender or they're a contender. Um, the Clippers at two and six. Um, Heaps, pretender, contender. Uh, just to set the, the the level set on the rules here, is contender like a team that could potentially win a championship, or a team that is is a high likely has li- high likelihood to win a championship? Because I I think the Clippers uh, should make the playoffs. Not should ha- have a good likelihood of making the playoffs, and therefore could win the championship. I liked the move for Orlando Blackman. Um, so if we're saying that contender is, is just a playoff caliber team then I'm going to go contender with the Clippers. Okay. Um, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree. That was one of the teams I said I thought would be right there uh, fighting for the playoff spots. Uh, that they'll be, you know, probably in the range of the, you know, five to eight seed. Uh, but I think that that's something that they're going to be a playoff contender that they're going to be able to get in. Uh, I don't know how much they'll do once they get there, but I do expect that they'll be in the playoffs. Magic? Well, uh, kind of to answer your question, but this is, I didn't want to interrupt you guys. This is where I'm going to have to bow out. Uh, okay, buddy. Here. But uh, I appreciate it. It's been good. Hey, you stuck around for about two hours. It's, you, you're, <laughs> you're, you keep going. You're getting, you're getting good stamina here where you're going to be able to get a little longer next time. It's just, uh, it's too easy, you know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, well, man, we, will... we really appreciate your call in, buddy. All right, I'll talk to most of you guys tomorrow, so have a good one. Have, great, buddy. We'll right. have a good holiday. See ya. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, okay, so uh, Golden State Warriors, the next in that division that, of a team with a with a record. Um, Heaps, pretender or contender? Uh, definitely pretender. There's not a whole lot to like about that team. Um, they're, they're, they're mediocre, and they have no real direction. Um, I think Taco has fallen into the trap that a lot of young GMs I've seen fall into. And I know SPL, I think you fell into this in your first tenure of trying your best to build a team and being sort of proud of your efforts and uh, not truly understanding what it took to be competitive in the software. And I think that's exactly what Taco has done and um, doesn't just doesn't have a good team, frankly. I mean, it's, it's not good. Okay. Um, thanks for the kick in the nuts, but uh, I'm going to switch this over to uh, I'm going to switch this over to Sugar Daddy now. Sugar Daddy, uh, what are your thoughts? I completely agree. Uh, complete pretender. I mean, they're they're only you know they're only two games under there at four and six, but I mean they're uh, I think that they are minus thirteen on their point differential. I mean, so th- that's not a good team. Uh, I don't know exactly i mean you know taco is pretty active he's, he's trying to get some stuff done but I, i'm not sure exactly what he's doing there um i think he inherited a better team than he realized and you know he, he's tried to start making some deals uh and, and kind of jumped the gun on making a deal for okafer and dealing him uh and really got no value to start with and i think that really put him in a bad spot to begin with uh, and like I said, I, I'm you know not sure exactly what he's doing with the team here, um, but just definitely a pretender for me. Okay. Um, going around uh, Seattle SuperSonics three and four. Um, he's pretender or contender? Uh, absolutely a contender. I think that you know behind the Trailblazers they have a legitimate. Uh, 
right or, you know right to the second best team in in that division um and I really like the core that he has there. I'm not sure they have a lot of depth. I'm not sure that you know um they're gonna be a team that's gonna be a contender three years from now, but this year absolutely they're a contender okay um sugar daddy what what are what are your thoughts um i I hate to just keep agreeing with heaps. It's not pretty exciting, but I mean, I completely agree with that. I know they were one of the teams that I had mentioned that I thought would be in the fight for like the three and four seeds in the uh conference uh and so I definitely think that they are a contender. Uh, I mean, okay. and that's something I, I think not just necessarily even just because we were kind of differentiating earlier, uh, not, you know, not just in the playoffs, but I think that's somebody that would be a contender to come out of the West. Okay. Uh, so I'm saying we're staying stay in this division, the Phoenix, we- uh, the Phoenix Weasels. Um, I'm going to go with Sugar Daddy first. Uh, pretender or contender? I, I think that they are still a contender. I, you know, I expect that they will be in the playoffs and, and probably not too far behind the Sonics. Uh, so they'll be one of the mid seeds there. Um, so they might be able to get through a, a round or even two uh, once they get there. But so I would give them a, uh, as a contender. Eves? Uh I mean, they will make the the, the playoffs um, just based on the strength of their front court with Gay, O'Neal, and Okafor. Um, I, I don't give them any legitimate shot of winning a title. Um, you know, Ank and I have had this conversation before, but, you know, he sort of ran into a little bit of a bad luck by having so much good luck in free agency, uh, just because, you know, his team was never good enough to actually compete for a title and would have been better off just, uh, being able to tank and get top three pick a couple of years in a row and actually building that way, having low contracts, being able to, you know, get some free agency luck, maybe the next few years when he had a good core to build around, um, so, you know, contender as far as being in a playoff, uh, not in a good situation for the long run, probably should sell off what he has. Well, yeah, obviously he's been pitching Stackhouse to about anybody that with a pulse in the league. So, um, obviously he's trying to do something there. Um, I, I think we both can agree trailblazers, defending champions, contender, Grizzlies. I, I, I think that we can also agree contender. Um, um, so why don't we switch over to the Midwest now and take a look at the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, um, I'm going to throw it first to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Pretender or contender? Um, I, I think that they are going to contend for one, that they could contend for one of the bottom seeds of the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, I guess maybe I would have them a contender just for that. Um, but overall, I mean, I really think that they are uh, more of a pretender than a, than a contender just because I think that there's a lot of good teams in the West. Uh, so even though that they could be somebody that's going to be competing for that, I'm just not sure that they're going to be good enough to sneak in. Okay. Keeps, any thoughts uh, on this between a pretender or contender on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're out of the playoffs. They're definitely a pretender this year. Um, I think – you know, as far as teams that have a bright future, I'd put them in the top three. Um, having a core of Clegane, Cantor, Van Breesbrock, and Silvestri or Sim Dump um, is just really an envious place to to be. I mean, I think you look at Clegane, you look at Van Breesbrock, and you look at Sylvester, or Sim Dump, and you know, probably three of the top five at their positions. 
uh, as far as point guard, you know, like up and comers, not necessarily the best established players. So, you know, five years from now, I, I think they are a title favorite perennially if, if they're able to resign those players, but right now they're a pretender. Okay. Um, I think from our earlier conversation, we all agreed the Kings and the Rockets were contenders. Well, what about these Denver Nuggets? Um, I'm going to stay with Heebs this time. Heebs, pretender or contender for them? Yeah, same same deal as the Timberwolves. Maybe not as good a position as the Timberwolves. They're a pretender right now. Could be a contender once that core ages a little bit, goes through a few TCs. They're able to maybe make a trade or two to sort of uh, you know go for two for one to trade two of their players for one star um, to supplement the the Butler Arizona. Um, Aldridge core that they have, you know, I think if 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 they're able to get a an elite point guard, and I'm not sure Terrell Brandon will ever be that, um, I think they could be a really really great team for a number of years. Um, but right now, for the time being, they're a contender. Or excuse me, a pretender, a pretender. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts? You, you're going to go with them being a pretender as well? Yeah, similar thoughts that they're a pretender. That I, I view them a lot like the T Wolves. That you know maybe they could compete, I guess, for an eight seed, but you know they're not really a contender much. They're, they're more of a pretender than contender. Uh, but you know I see them ultimately being a later lotto team, if that. Uh, just one of the teams that's going to be outside of the playoffs, uh, but going to be one of the one of the top teams outside the playoffs, along with the T Wolves. Okay. Um, then at the top of the division, we have the San Antonio Spurs. And we, I think we've, we've talked about them uh, enough when we put our thoughts on them. So why don't we move up to the Central Division? Obviously, Bucks are not looking to contend. I, I don't think the Hornets are quite there yet either. Uh, what about the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers? I'm going to throw it to Heaves. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, pretender or contender? Uh, I mean, again, same, same same thing I said a little bit earlier. I think they're a contender as far as I expect them to make the playoffs. I don't think they have a legitimate shot of winning a championship uh, with the caveat that the playoffs are the playoffs and anything can happen. But, um, you know, they probably uh, won't win a championship. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun f- for for Sean to watch this team. I think that it is a good good move for him to to go in on uh, Mighty Mouse. I thought that was a good value given that Buster was trying to tank and was willing to give him up for not a whole lot in return. Um, and I think you know as that core gets a few years, a few training camps in, I think they have a legitimate shot at winning a championship. So contender for the time being, and so much they'll make the playoffs, but not a championship team until a year or two from now. Sean, do you agree with those sentiments on your team? Yeah, I would agree that that's, that's pretty much where we're at right now, that I, I expect we're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Um, at, but at at this time, as the team stands, most likely not a team that would contend for a title. Um, that's something that uh, you know I'm definitely going to look at as moving forward. I kind of want to see how these guys do, especially how the young guys do uh, for a while. Uh, I've had a couple people that reached out to me just about making a move and, and looking to see if I was interested in doing something. And that what I told them is I was really wanting to kind of get a good look at this team until you know at least through a few sims and most likely until at least the All Star break. Uh, and then you know possibly at that time, depending on how I feel on the team. Uh, from the all-star break until the trade deadline, possibly look at making a, a move at that point in time to see if I can make myself an actual contender for the title. I know what you need. You need some Vernon strokes. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You need a Vernon Strokes on your roster to make it complete. Come on. Um, but no, let's uh, move forward to uh, to the Toronto Raptors at three and two. Uh, we talked about them a little bit earlier um, when we when we covered the Central. Um, I'm gonna st- stick here with Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, do you think they're a pretender or a contender? I think uh, I view them pretty similarly. That I, I think they're going to be a contender to, to that uh, as far as that I think that they'll be a playoff team. Um, that they'll be, you know, a mid to lower playoff team, kind of like I viewed the Cavaliers, uh, but not somebody that I really think is going to be competing for the title. Okay. Keeps? Uh, I'm going to disagree here, and I'm going to say they're a pretender. I'm I'm not sure that the Raptors are going to make the uh, playoffs out of the Central. I just don't think that they have the point guard or wing play to uh, be one of the best eight teams in that that division or that conference. Okay. How about uh, we're we're not going to switch over to the Atlanta Hawks um, and talk about them. I'm going to stay here with Heebs. Heebs, pretender or contender on the Hawks? I mean, pre- pretender. I, I've I've said for a long time. I've you know our W is just doing like he's 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 doofus. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I like <laughs> him a lot. He's he seems like a really cool dude. I would like to be friends with him in real life. Um, you know, nothing against him, but. He doesn't disagree. put any effort into this. Maybe disagree. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I, I don't know. He's, he's he's good enough to me. I have low standards for friends. Like are, are, are you trying to say that <laughs> change his name to Marty McFly? <laughs> he uh. So you know the 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 deal is anecdotal. I think of what I've seen from him since I've been a GM in some league. Um. You know he he tends to overthink things. He tends to uh, m- make big, big moves like that and then doesn't really follow through or do anything to capitalize on them. Um, you know, I don't know how you how you trade that many picks for a player and then don't make any attempt to re-sign them. It, it, it boggles my mind that he's that bad at this. That, that's, I mean, that's the nicest thing I can say, I guess. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, what are your thoughts? A pretender, contender? Absolute, absolute pretender. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go ahead. Spoil alert here. I'm gonna go ahead and just read from my GM ratings here. I'm just gonna read my what I wrote for RW here. I, I put RW. I give him a one, and I said a pain in the ass to deal with. Not active, and his strategy seems to be to put together a mediocre team and then bitch that you don't know why they're good. Okay. That uh, that that's kind of what I think. I think that he's got kind of a mediocre team here. Uh, you know, I think that they'll be. Outside the playoffs, they might be one of the better lotto teams that are, you know, so they might be where they might be close to the eighth seed, uh, but it's not something that I think he's a contender at all. Yeah, I mean, on my, I'm going to do my grades tomorrow night while I'm drinking some Jamesons, and, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm going to give myself a negative four and basically say that fast, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Um, that's going to be my report on myself. Um, but let, let's move on to uh, to the Atlantic Division, a team that we didn't really talk about too much, um, the New York Knicks. Um, I'm going to stay here with Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, pretender or contender on these Knicks? I, I would – again, it's something I, I think that they'll be fighting for the, the typical Eric spot that they might be in the bottom half of the playoffs. That uh, you know, I think that he'll be good enough to get into the playoffs and get into the bottom half, uh, but I – don't really consider him a contender as far as 
making a, a mm-hmm. title run. Um, he might even be a pretender to get out of the first round just based on what we've seen so far. So, uh, you know, Eric puts together teams that are good enough to get in the playoffs, but until he gets out of the first round, it's going to be hard to say that he's a contender. Okay. Um, looking around, uh, oh, actually, I, he, your, your thoughts on the Knicks, pretender or contender? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, they're a fringe team, not to just completely punt on that question, but if you look at the um, Eastern Conference, you know, you, you have to say that the teams that I, I think are are very likely to make the playoffs are the Sixers, the Nets, the Heat, the Bulls, the Bobcats, and the Cavs. That's six teams right there. Other teams that I think are going to be competitive for a playoff spot are the Knicks, the Pacers, the Hawks, the Raptors. Um, uh, is anybody else? I mean, the Celtics probably at the end of that list. And so, you know, could they sneak into the playoffs as an eight seed? Sure, but I don't think that team, as constructed, is is anywhere near sniffing a, a championship. So, I'm um, gonna have to say pretender for the New York okay. Knicks. Okay. Um, I'm gonna stay here with Heaves with the Miami Heat. Miami Heat um, sitting at three and four. Um, do you feel they're a pretender or contender in this uh, this year? I think. I mean, I, th- I think they're a contender. I think Conley's still a top five point guard, um, and Selby obviously is very very good. Um, Ray Allen, you know, I, I can't pull up the roster right now to see what he's done so far through the first ten games, but you know, has been good in the past, and I don't think he's probably fallen off that much. So when you have a one through three that's that good. Um, it's tough to say they're a pretender. And so I'm going to say they're a, a contender uh, in so much as I expect them to make the playoffs. I expect them to win uh, or at least be competitive in their first series and make it, maybe make a run in the playoffs, maybe have a chance at a title. Okay. Uh, Sugar Daddy, uh, w- what are your thoughts here? Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, there are teams that I was thinking would be right there about the four or five seed. Uh, that they're going to be definitely in the playoffs. Um, that I, I think they're definitely better than that three and four record. Um, the same thing, you know, right now I'm having a little trouble being able to pull it up and kind of seeing what their point differential is right now. But it, it's something I think that they're better than that three and four record, just based on what we've seen from this team in the past, uh, you know, that we didn't see those guys drop off. Uh, so, you know, I expect that they're going to be able to get it going and be a team that's definitely in the playoffs and in a pretty decent position in the playoffs as well. Okay. Um, though, I mean, we touched up on the Nets and the Sixers, I think, pretty well. Um, the last team to really talk about pretender or contender, the Boston Celtics, um, which are run by our dumpster. Um, not much more I can say about that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to throw this over to Sugar Daddy. Pretender or contender on this Boston Celtics? Uh, definite pretender. You know, I think we kind of touched on them earlier too. That you know, none of us are really buying what they're what they're you know showing us so far. That uh, you know, I know you had mentioned they've got a pretty good uh, point differential at this point, but none of us is really buying that. That you know, maybe they could be somebody who sneaks into the eight seed, uh, but that's something that I, I don't see them making any noise, and I'm really not very confident that they would actually get to the playoffs. Eight. 
Pretender, contender on the Celtics. Uh, it, it's tough because I didn't realize until you mentioned it that the point differential was as big as it was through six games. You know, there could be a lot of statistical noise going on there, but it's hard to ignore that. Um, I, I think they're a pretender, but I'm going to reserve judgment. If Dump goes out and gets himself a point guard, they could very easily be a, you know, uh, fourth through eighth seed in the playoffs um, based on sort of the, the talent that they have in the bigs and with Aguirre. I, you know, I, I think he has some pieces there, but I pretender as constructed right now. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So I'm going to ask you gentlemen, your team from um, the, the two teams that you think are going to play for the championship. Uh, so just, Give me the two teams, and uh, then uh, then uh, tell me what you think, who, who you think is going to win it all this year. I'm going to start with uh, Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, who are your two teams that are going to be representing in the in the NBA championship and our Sim League championship, and who do you think is going to win it all? I am going to go with the same two teams I picked last year, and I'm going to go with the same team that I have picked to win the title for the last three uh, that I think it's going to be Portland out of the West, uh, and I think that they are going to fall in the – they are not going to defend the crown. They are going to fall in the title game to Heebs' Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think he's going to get over the hump. I think he's going to get back to, back to the finals, and I think he's going to get over the hump and win the title. Heebs, you've just been jinxed by Ohio State fan. I mean, <laughs> I, I think this is just you know, I mean, something that you should probably – I mean, think about maybe joining ISIS, sending him a package in the mail. And just <laughs> he he probably wants me to stop picking him. It, it, it's it's yeah, not working out so I, well. It's, I'm not doing it on purpose, I swear. It, it's it's like the jinx. It's like, Moose, just get in the corner. Don't even look at this kid throwing the dice. Uh, who are your two teams that you think are going to be there um, out of the East and the West, and, and who do you have winning it? Yeah, I'm uh, – not to just copy off of uh, Sean's test here, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Trailblazers and the Nets. I'm, I'm going to try my best this year to make a move for a point guard. Um, I've been trying to work that, that, pretty, that, that angle pretty hard so far over the past few days, and I'm going to continue doing that. I think Tyreek Evans is, is enough for me to be one of the top two teams in the East. Um, but even if I, you know, uh, can't upgrade, Tyreek's good enough. If I can upgrade, I think I have a great shot at, at winning. I think the Trailblazers are going to be out of the West. I just don't see a whole whole lot of um, great competition for them. I think maybe my, my second best team would probably be the Kings. If they could, again, Kings' big problem is they don't have a point guard either. I, I, I like their two through four quite a bit, or two through five quite a bit. Uh, if they could get a point guard, they'd also, I think, be uh, a big contender. But right now, Trailblazers, Nets, and Nets will win it. Okay. Um, so that's going to leave it up to to my predictions here, which are are, are probably going to be uh, completely wrong, um, and I'm probably going to jinx two teams. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls coming out of the East. Uh, I, I really think that Harrison uh, on that team, I, I really think that he's going to catapult them. Uh, I think he's going to have a magical season. I, I really think it's going to be them. Um, and then coming out of the West, I, I'm actually going to go with the Houston Rockets. I think it's going to be the Rockets and the Bulls. 
with the Bulls winning the championship. Um, that that's going to be my prediction, which will not go right. It, it, I'm sorry for the owners of those two teams that I completely just jinxed you um, into uh, a very, very bad, very, very bad place. And, and I'm sorry. I mean, next Sam Harrison's going to be done for the season, and and he's going to have a sex change, and he's going to go play in the the WNBA version of our sim league. Is probably what's going to transpire. Um, but with that said, I mean, I, speaking, I think speaking of sex changes, actually, SBL. Speaking of sex changes, I think we have a caller into the podcast. Um, awesome. I I don't know. I I I think Randy's probably going to have to actually dial in to the podcast yeah, yeah. to be able to talk. Yeah, he's not dialed in. He's he's just uh, he's he's in a listening mode right now. Um, if Randy Taylor wanted to, he could pick up the phone and and call in. Um, who is Randy Taylor? Do we know? Uh, I mean, R- R- Randy Taylor. All the way I know about Randy is I think I think he likes Jimmy Dean sausages, breakfast sausages, quite a bit. Um, I think he might be a distant relative of Ankley, if I had to <laughs> to, to make a guess. Um, but oh. I think maybe if we give him a few minutes to 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 dial in, we could we could have a chat with him about some things. So so Ankley is going to want to crucify me on the podcast for having some fun at his expense, I would think. Um, but let's see if he can actually figure out how to call in. Um, this is very suspenseful, um, and I guess as, as as we're as we're waiting on this. Um, what we should maybe do is maybe uh, um, give it a few minutes and maybe have fill in some talk about uh, with, with, with some of your closing thoughts. I'm, I'm going to throw it to uh, I'm going to throw it over to uh, Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy, any any final thoughts? Oh, he's on the call. Hold on before we get into final thoughts. Let's see what Randy Taylor has to say. Randy Taylor, how are you? I don't know where people come from. I don't know if you test your product, the quantity of your product. The product is very delicious. Love your sausage for 30 something years, but I can't take and see a family of five on a little 12 ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying any more money for your 16 ounce roll of sausage, but you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12 ounce roll, and you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece, a woman that's a little plump, stock girl and a daughter who's 13, and you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and a couple of dozen eggs and feed that, it ain't going to work. And I'm not going to purchase your product anymore or ever again. And as far as your 16-ounce of maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man. Jimmy Green sausage. Is what the fuck am I listening to? It's fried eggs and feed on steak. And I can't see going to a little... 12 ounce package to feed four, five, six people. And I'm not going to buy two of those 12 ounce packages just because you want to buy like a grocery call, delivery like call or something. And I'd still like you to go back to your 16 ounce package on your regular sauce because I'm not going to buy it otherwise. I'll just have my own one sauce made like I used to 30 something years ago. It's not tasty as it is, but it'll work. Goodbye. Little 12 ounce goddamn roll of sausage, both between your brother and me and you, 600 pounds of men, 
Lee, you get my point? And the two girls, and they put it in that fucking pussy roll of salt. Son of a bitch. Somebody needs their ass kicked. Some of the consumer geeks are going fuck this shit up. Save money. Yeah, save money. Save money. Fuck, I'm going to eat, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you for your concerns, Randy. I, uh, you know, (laughs) we 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 take those very seriously here at the podcast. Um. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't fucking know. (laughs) The the fucking train just went off the tracks, and you mean, I I just, I just don't know. You mean, um, I don't know if that was. I would say it was somebody from Texas, um, talking about. Something I don't know. Um, Hebes, give me some of your closing thoughts here. I mean, Randy obviously loves his sausage. He wants his fair share. <laughs> He's sick and tired of his daughter taking taking his damn sausage. And I, I for one, empathize with what Randy's going through. Um, you know, I really hate it when my wife only makes six pieces of bacon and gives two to my daughter. I want more than two. I want I want three pieces of bacon. Um, so I get it, Randy. I feel you. Um, closing thoughts. I think the one thing that I wanted to say tonight that I wasn't able to say is that I think the Bobcats, the one thing I like about their team um, is that they've built a team around shot blockers, um, and they have also have good wing play and good guard play. Um, so I think that's why I, I like the Bobcats a lot, maybe more than other people on the call earlier. And so kudos to Odin for making that uh, move to bring in Gerald Nabby to make their team an actual contender. Okay. Um, Sugar Daddy, uh, any uh, closing thoughts here? Uh, no, it, it was good. Glad to be back on. Um, I uh, am glad that I did not get trade ramped by Ank over the off season. He did make an effort, um, but I was glad I was able to avoid that and was uh, able to go ahead and get something done so I can actually have a season where I was uh, able to compete. Uh, one of the things that had, that had popped in my mind earlier, but I didn't really know if it was the place for it, was when we were talking about the uh, Golden State Warriors and talking about Taco and uh, just he was talking about him falling into the trap that a lot of new GMs fall into of you know trying to work to, to make your team a competitive and to fight for a title without really knowing exactly what the software would take for it. And, you know, as much as I uh, was angry and uh, with uh, HT for the shit show that he left me when I came in, it's something that by not having my picks for a while on top of that, that it kind of put me in a position where I could, was able to kind of sit back and learn for a couple of years and just deal with the, you know, a shitty product and just kind of learn and see what other people were doing uh, to kind of give myself an idea of what I might need to do in the future where I had a chance to contend. So, uh, something that I would definitely recommend for uh, any newbies to, to maybe, you know, as much as you want to compete right away, uh, you know, kind of sit back and take and just take a, a good look at what everybody else is doing and, and look at how some of the contenders are built. Um, you know, like I said, you know, my team may not do anything right now, but, you know, they look like in the future they might have a chance to do that. But uh, uh, definitely something I would recommend that everybody do uh, unless you you know, fall into a magic situation where you kind of have some good pieces already where you're not too far away from being able to compete for that title. Yes, definitely, definitely good words. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've been on the call for about two and a half hours now. Um, seems like it's been about 10. Um, but uh, really, 
thank you to to, to Hebes and to uh, Sugar Daddy uh, for joining me today um, to make this enjoyable and also magic and, and the call in on Randy Taylor. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bacon, um, I, 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 fuck. I don't understand I, I, that people. Um, I'm, you guys are so fucking weird. Um <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell Jimmy Dean was thinking going, you know, getting rid of a 16-ounce package and then raising the price on 12. I mean, that that that, that call was warranted. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, Lord. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But um, I, I'm still just utterly confused. I, ending, the, ending the call with that, just, it, it's going to put me in, a, in my bed all night just thinking about Jimmy Dean sausages, bacon, my daughter's fuck. I, I hope I don't end up running into traffic after this. But uh, but a big thank you to for the two of you um, that, that joined me on the call. Thank you for the three people that actually might listen to this. Um, it, it, was a, it was a real fun. Um, and uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one parting note here. Um, fuck all of you in the South. Um, it is getting really fucking cold here in the north. Um, thanks again, and uh, I'll see you guys on the mid-season podcast. Bye. All right. Bye. Later.